this episode of Full Nerd, uh, where do we call the CES CPU news? Ah, here we go. In this episode of the Full Nerd, all the CES CPU news, GPU news, cool ass PC stuff, and laptop news. Welcome to episode 201 of the Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong. Happy New Year with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. Man, we're, we're here. Uh, you know, I realized our, our first actual show of the year was was yesterday's special edition with AMD. I'm glad that Frank and Robert can join us. Uh, but we, we talked a lot about uh, AMD chip news there. But it, we didn't actually, we haven't had a podcast to like kind of sum up everything. So we kind of put the cart before the horse a little bit. I mean, it, it was a great interview, but, you know, hopefully maybe you listen to this one, then go back and listen to that one to get some some deeper context. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff. But before we get to that, actually, I do have one thing. We had a, a friend of the show, perennial friend of the show. BC Jester sent in a uh, a late Christmas present for you, Gordon. Oh boy! Uh, so here you here you go. Why don't you open this uh, live a, on air? Is it a Blu-ray of Alien Covenant, like <laughs> the director's cut, where it's just like I don't know what I was doing. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of it's Covenant. It's it's uh, it's not the same thing. I don't know what what is it. I actually. I oh, know. this is nice. This is uh, I actually have a, a patch. This is a a uh, this for, is for a audio listeners. USCSS Nostromo. Hat, <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I was actually. I will put this on. Luckily, I wasn't wearing the full nerd hat, but uh, and it comes pre bent because I know. Oh yeah, I know you. See, like it's that. got <laughs> it's got to be pre pre bent. And for and for sci fi nerds of the seventies, the Nostromo was the uh, was it the M class starship that Ripley blew up, costing quite a few dollars to the company in the the seminal sci fi horror movie classic uh, Alien. Yep. Oh, I thought that was it. Was basically. They only talked about it in the uh, movie Aliens about her blowing up. You don't even need to see Alien. In fact, you just know she blew up an M-class starship with a significant dollar value. It's a great hat. Great yeah. hat. Th- thank great you hat. To, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this will go with my. I have actually a, a Velcro patch too. There you go. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to get your uh, your 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 assault rifle. What is that? It's Nerf, right? The oh god, I'm so waiting for rifle. that pulse, pulse rifle. rifle. Yeah. yeah. The I'm I'm still waiting for you. And you know, if you haven't heard about it, don't even bother because you're not going to get one. It is the Hasbro M41 Pulse Rifle, mm-hmm. featuring a, Ooh, a very a, cool a, an over and under grenade launcher. It's it, it's like a one to one scale of the Pulse Rifle from this fantastic movie called Aliens. It's so cool. Which wasn't even a sequel. My, it was so, so cool. good. <laughs> My nephew so good. just got a Nerf rifle called like the Phoenix or something like that. That's a sniper rifle, and that thing flies, and it's amazing. Ooh-wee. Wow. (laughs) And let me tell you, for people who have kids, you know, if you can just sort of avoid the whole Nerf rifle investment or Nerf guns, because it's just eventually you you will just kill you to toss all those. You take, I don't know, $400 worth of Nerf Nerf toys that your kid will get being a child, and then you just give them away or sell them at a yard sale for $3. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just realized. What? <laughs> that there's a the mentality for a lot of people. I'm not saying who. It's the yard sale mentality. Have you ever done a yard sale, either of you? Yeah. yeah. You, oh yeah. Like, but like, hey, if I took like, if I took like this laptop uh-huh. and it's like a you know thirteen hundred dollars when I bought it, yeah, and it's like almost brand new, and yeah. I put it out at the yard sale, and it's like okay, I want a hundred dollars, which is like a stupidly good deal. You're getting like a thirteen hundred dollar laptop for a hundred dollars. They'll go like, I'll give you fifty dollars. 
Oh like, yeah, you know, one hundred and fifty would be like, I'll give you five dollars. It's yeah. like what? We well, got to haggle. I mean, it, it never hurts yeah. to ask. That's not know? haggling. That's not haggling. That's like <laughs> get your butt off my lawn, into your car, and drive down the street. That's like. So you're offended what, if somebody whenever I haggles. sell stuff on Craigslist or whatever. The people who start out like that, I'm like, nope, blocked. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand it. Just it's an insult. I don't even care if you come back later and offer me more money afterwards. Don't don't bother. Don't bother to ask for my, you know, brand new 16 core CPU to be sold for five dollars. Where's my five dollar version? Right. That that whole thing is just like, <laughs> I just kind of reminds me of that whole attitude. Like, wow, this is an awesome. It's like you know, it's five gigahertz above all cores. How much is it? Hundred dollars? Uh, no, that would be insane. That it would cost more than five dollars. Well, I'll give you five. No, I will give you three dollars for it. So, yeah, you then you don't understand why people are get so angry sometimes. <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, speaking of people getting angry, uh, actually, I don't know how many people got angry, but we got a lot of chip news to get to, a lot of CPU, a lot of GPU news. Uh, Gordon, why don't you, why don't you help uh, start this off by, by kind of recapping some of the, the major CPU news? Oh, well, you know, we should go like chronologically, right? Yeah, well, but let's also, let's let's cover desktop because we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cover laptop in a little bit. Ah, right, so, right, right. Yeah, okay, so, so we're, gonna, we're only going to cover desktop stuff. Uh, so the big re- start. Yeah. The, we'll start this off. Uh, the big reveal, of course, AMD showed off Ryzen seven fifty eight hundred X three D. It's the first V cache chip, eight cores, uh, ninety six megs of L three. Um, they're basically saying that this CPU price unknown availability TBD, but I mean, pretty soon, it's as fast as it's actually. They're claiming better. I mean, because it's faster enough that they can claim it's faster. It's well, they're they're claiming it's the fastest. Fastest. It is the fastest gaming CPU. It is the faster than Core i nine twelve nine hundred K. Very significant. Uh, that is coming soon. Uh, and of course, the big tease from AMD was, hey, we got Zen four coming. Uh, uh, it's going to be in a new AM5 socket. It's going to have DDR5. It's going to have PCIe5. And that is also going to be capable of running. They, in their demo, they showed off uh, a Zen 4 running Halo Infinite, I think, with every core mm-hmm. running at or above 5 gigahertz. Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't... I think a lot of people were like, where's my... I want a 16-core version of, of Vcash. Didn't happen. We can get in a little context of that later. But about two hours later, Intel then got its turn to strut on the you know virtual CES stage, and, and it announced its entire stack of 12th-gen parts. Of course, we know the K parts showed up. Entire stack. Like, yep. wow. Everything. Top to like, bottom yeah, from like $49 yeah. uh, Celeron or Pentium $42, or whatever. Yeah. $42. It's like a $42 Celeron Pentium. Yeah. I don't when, even... when, when Alder Lake launched last year, it was really like three parts that launched. You know, the K-series parts. There were KF versions too with no integrated graphics, so six. But this was like 20-something chips, yeah. I think. So the full stack. Yeah, and everything, you know, because when the K part launched, it was a performance part. It was obviously not intended to go you know, launch in huge, vast numbers. This is sort of the the Intel CPUs for the entire world that will be sold with what most most OEMs will sell. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of normal people will buy desktops all in ones with these chips. With there were T T versions, uh, there were non K versions, and they also introduced uh, what three chipsets? Two chipsets. You had H series and you had the B series chipsets. So also addressing the sort of like cost issues that were associated with the initial Z-series motherboards, which uh, a lot of them were very expensive. 
And these, we haven't seen prices on them yet. At least I haven't paid attention, but I'm going to imagine they're not going to try to sell you a B or H series chipset for an Alder Lake Core i3 for $500. So they, it'll address yeah. a lot of the complaints about the pricing. Uh, I'm actually really excited about that Intel launch because one of the big problems in 2021, as we all know, <clears throat> is that if you're on a budget, you had very limited options to buy stuff. Uh, we've still not seen a Ryzen 3 part available for DIY. People in that launched over a year ago, the Ryzen 5000 series. Uh, the 12400, 12400 and 12400F, I believe, came out, uh, which are, you know, the uh, affordable budget gaming parts. And I believe Hardware and Box and Gamers Nexus already ran reviews of them, and they look pretty banging. And the fact that that's affordable and there are now those more affordable motherboard chipsets to go along with it, like, people finally have good affordable options again, and I'm excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting mix because if people who, who don't know, Intel's 12th gen has a mixed performance core and efficiency core. You know, at the top end, the, the Core i9-12900 is, you know, eight performance, eight in, uh, efficiency cores. But then as we get down to the, the lower end, the, the lower end of the, of the, of the pricing, you're going to get like a, a four core, like there's a Core i3-12300 that's four cores. But only performance cores, so you don't get the efficiency cores, which are actually pretty decent. And then getting all the way down to that Celeron, which uh, it's the C6900 is $42 for a <laughs> a two-performance core with no hyper-threading version, so two threads. And clearly, that is that is intended for uh, lower cost. You know, yeah, and they've got, I mean, you've got that. Well, d- did we get any parts that uh, Dr. Ian Cutris was hoping for uh, that, that is just E-cores? No. <laughs> no, I'm, no, that. I... So we did get some just P-cores, but not just E-cores. Yeah, some P-cores, but yeah, we, no E-cores. We're talking about the budget part, but Intel also showed off, like, a new flagship as well. Uh, the 12900, I believe it was KS. Yes. That got up to 5.5 gigahertz and with... All the cores over five gigahertz, so that's exciting as well. So AMD and Intel both looking to be crossing that five gigahertz barrier across all cores this year. Yeah, and I, you know, I imagine the the KS version was made because they they must have known AMD was going to push this, you know, best world's best gaming CPU. Which at the time AMD announced it, it it is it it you know it definitely would be because lawyers again the most powerful. Uh, element in the in the universe is lawyers mm-hmm. they never would have approved them saying that they said that of course now we have the chaos part and i don't know which is going to be faster in gaming because i imagine intel's they want to be able to also say world's fastest gaming cpu so that 500 megahertz on that oh well it's not 500 i guess it's only 300 so um that but the 5.5 on on that chaos part could make them the fastest so, well, we, we, during our interview with Robert yesterday, uh, he, he did talk, you know, kind of about who the 5800X3D is for, you know, you would ask like, what kind of, uh, other things can you do with it that, that would benefit from that larger cache? And, and he was pretty frank about being like, Hey, you know, like gaming, we've noticed a lot of things are, uh, are, are, are this is good for gaming. This is, you know, mostly why we're doing this part. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see the difference between, uh, the core i9 2900KS going for just pure boost, you know, uh, to the to the wall kind of numbers on that traditional sense. But then the 5800X3D kind of saying, oh, you know what, actually for gaming, maybe the, this extra L3 cache is, is actually going to be better. So I'm, I'm curious. 
Yeah, I really see them. Uh, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, we were uh, and go watch that interview. It's great. Uh, Robert Halleck was saying because I was like, well, five gigahertz, everybody's touting five gigahertz, all cores. Uh, what's more important? They're like, yeah, five is very important. It's it's a big deal because it's a round number. Nobody cares about 5.2 gigahertz, five gigahertz. They they <laughs> they get gooey inside about. But, mm-hmm. you know, but he said, like, if you were to weigh world's best gaming CPU on the box versus five gigahertz, he said the world's best gaming CPU is, is, is definitely more valuable. So I think they yeah. both want it. But I think I think the strength, the the reason of that the the Vcash version of the 5700X makes sense, 5800X 3D, is <sighs> Core i9-12900KS when it comes out, which is going to be... 5, 5 gigahertz is not going to be less than a 12 900k which is yep. really good price at whatever 650 ish mm-hmm. right so pretty good price for what you're getting you're getting a fantastic cp for mm-hmm. that price ryzen 7 is going to be definitely less than that and i'm i sort of i i think as sort of a pure gaming cpu aimed at the gamer who really just wants they see that quote of world's best gaming cpu and to me it makes a lot of sense for amd yeah. to have gone for that I tell you what, just taking a step back, like this CES for chip dudes is really exciting for me because this is the culmination of an Intel versus AMD battle that's been brewing for years. Like Intel was obviously dominant forever. Ryzen came out, it had some limitations in games. There were there were different issues the first they had some definitely huge wins as far as multi-core and stuff goes, but it's taken them a few years to get up to the fact where the point where they can be saying, Hey, you know. We have the fastest gaming CPU with the 5900X now or whatever. And now it's taken Intel a few years to be able to respond to that with Outer Lake. And Outer Lake came out swinging as well. And at this point, we're just seeing two titanic companies at the top of their game just clobbering each other. And yeah. that gets me excited for 2022. Yeah, no, this this year will be crazy. And um, I mean, again, you know, for people who want to just sort of like want to see one side destroyed or not, it ultimately you're the one who benefits because... You know, 5950X, um, when it came out, was phenomenal to get that much performance, that many threads for 750 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But now you're getting, and it clearly Intel launched 12900K at at 650-ish, but they undercut it by about $100 mm-hmm. because they, you know, they're like, we want to make this even more appealing. So that has that's now giving people access to more cores, more threads for less money, and that is due to the competition between Intel and AMD. So every everybody does benefit from this. So I I think people need to to always dial it back. That you know it's it's good to see two companies duking it out because you're going to benefit from yeah. it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, totally agree. What about uh, what about supply? Um, it seemed uh, uh, from what I understand, Alder Lake has actually been pretty well supplied so far you know with with the chips that are out what what do you think about the whole stack once that's up i i well i think the really good sign is because they have announced uh 12th 12th gen desktop parts as well as laptops that we're talking about we're talking about every single thing has come out now so they've announced every single thing clearly you know these are built on intel 7 um they have enough capacity on intel 7 that they can supply the you know, hundreds of millions of CPUs that they sell every year to to uh, all of the OEMs, and you know, I think it's going to be really good. I know that there was some thoughts that, well, these the no one's buying 12th gen, no one's buying 12th gen. They're terrible. I, you know, I was kind of poking around. I knew no last year they're like, 
Intel said, we're going to sell, you know, I think it was like, I can't, I have to look at the email, but I think they said, you know, you know, X hundreds of thousands this year and next year we'll be selling two, two million in the first quarter. So clearly the parts are there, uh, you know, the big drag and all of it. And I think it really is a problem is DDR five has been really Mm -hmm. kind of a hanging around Alder Lake snack because a lot of people want DDR5. They don't want DDR4 and, you know, good luck getting mm-hmm. DDR5. So that's mm-hmm. been a problem. I think, to me, I think that's a drag more than, because a lot of the internet who just wanted to be haters wanted to say, oh, nobody wants 12th gen. It's no good. But, well, and especially the parts that are out now, I mean, other than what was just announced, uh, you can see a benefit for DDR5, but a lot of these lower end parts that they, they announced sure support DR, DDR5, which is funny to think you can get a, a seller on with a two cores, <laughs> two, two threads <laughs> and then stick DDR5 on it. I don't, you know, maybe there's a reason to do that. I'm sure there is, but you know, in a lot of these lower end of the stack, they're still going to be DDR4. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it'll, it'll, there's going to be. And that's Intel, of course, they, they realize, and you also have to understand the scale difference between Intel and AMD. AMD ships, I mean, they've been phenomenal these last few years, and they're maybe up to 20. I don't know what the numbers, latest numbers are, but they're definitely double digit. They're, they've made a huge dent into desktop and server as well, um, and decent inroads to, to mobile, but Intel still probably sells three to four, three CPUs for every CPU that, that AMD sells on desktop, even under the best of times, it feels like. So well, I know there's some numbers that people quote from retailers, but mm. they, they do sell a lot. Um, when you sell that many parts, you sort of have to have a DDR4 option. And it's mm. worth pointing out that when Zen 4 comes out next year, I don't think there will be a Zen 4 based option for DDR4 because, you know, obviously not next year, but at the second half this year, um, the reason is, uh, you know, by the then DDR5 should be in better supply. And it mm-hmm. turns out um, uh, AMD has also said, like, look, we're going to AM4 will stick around. So that will sort of I think they're betting DDR4 with AM4 for if you don't want to go all the way for Zen 4 with, you know, DDR5. Hmm. So so you're, you're thinking that that's your prediction is that when. When the next generation comes out, AM4, or I'm sorry, AM5, uh, it's not going to have DDR4 support. You know, I think so. Previous to, you know, we did a, a press roundtable with uh, AMD, and I will say one of the, the comments that uh, Lisa Sue made was like, AM4 will stick around. Uh, she wouldn't say AM5 is going to be here. We can't say, because originally when they launched AM4, they said, oh, it's, what, five-year commitment or something like that, which is yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, AM5... She's not going to say like, yeah, we're not going to say five years, but we're we're clearly that has been a strength for AMD to support a platform socket. So they're mm-hmm. going to do that again. But yeah. she also did say we're going to rely on DD. We're going to rely on AM4. That's going to that's feels like that's going to be their their option, because why I suspect when Zen 4 comes out, you won't have a DDR memory controller at all. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, we do have some pointing questions about the 5800X3D, so uh, I do want to get to that. But my first question is, what do you think the supply is going to be like on that part specifically? Because it is it is kind of niche. It's kind of catered. You know, uh, what do you think? And what what's your guess on cost? Yeah, the cost, you know, I will. I'm going to bet AMD doesn't even know what it's going to cost. They right? said that. Robert said that flat out literally yesterday. He's like, we, we haven't settled on it yet. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that's something that is is set at the very last moment because it's in reaction to what Intel does. You know, Intel could decide to like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to pump out so many parts. We're just going to crush you. Um, 
Uh, what, do you, they, what do you think? What do you think makes sense? I I will go with I'll go so so Gordon has a chance to think. Uh, the fifty eight hundred X non three D version retailed at launch for four fifty. It's currently going for about four hundred bucks. So I would think this one would settle in somewhere between probably closer to five hundred, but anywhere from four fifty to five hundred, depending how aggressive they want to be. Oh. God, I was relying on Bing. I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bing. I'm sorry. I try it all the time. I just wanted to see what a 5900X is going for street on Amazon. But I tried. I defaulted to Bing. That was up. You yeah, know, but, uh, that's different. on you. That's on you. <laughs> no, that, I mean, come on. It's just like you type Amazon. You think like Bing would like, oh, I know what that is. It was like, what, what's Amazon? What's that? That's, that's <laughs> your fault. So uh, 5900X is about 540 right now. That's 12 cores. 500 feels right to me. 475. I think 475. And I know the thing is when it comes out at, if it comes out at 475 and that feels, cause you know, remember this is using TSMC stack technology. It's not cheap. Um, they got to make money on the part and it'll be less. They can't really, I don't think they can price it over a 12, a 5,900 X. Cause you're looking at 12 cores and the whole gaming thing. And, Gamers are, uh, I know people don't understand this, but the vast majority of gamers are just cheap SOBs, right? <laughs> they don't want to pay a lot of money for a gaming CPU. They want it as low price as possible. 450 would be awesome. I think it'll probably be, yeah, 475. I'll go with 475. Mm-hmm. It makes sense um, because it's, you know, it's going to have a premium pricing. You're still going to, but, you know, because the, the main the main marketing element will be, it'll it'll go up against a Quarry 9, right? Twelve nine hundred K, yeah, or even a KS. We don't, we oh. don't really know because well, we don't yeah. know what the whether that extra boost of getting out of that KS parts is is enough to push to push them ahead. And for the record, the twelve nine hundred K KF. Oh, it is really interesting how uh, wow they're fight they're duking it out for gaming supremacy right now. Intel and AMD and Intel's doing it by jacking the clock speeds, and AMD's doing it by jacking the cache. It really does drive home what. Rob was saying yesterday, like computer processes are complicated, finicky things these days. There's a lot of ways to drive performance. Yeah. Actually, I'm looking at Newegg, a 12900K, not a KF, is about 620 bucks, which is a hell of a deal because hmm. that is just a phenomenal CPU. So that that is just that is a killer price. You know, the KS is not going to be less than that. So KS, oh. got to figure it's a lower bin part. These are binned up parts, seven, 750. You know, it's kind of weird. The, it's like the approach Intel would probably take is it is, frankly, these best world's best gaming CPU. It's just so they can put that on a box or a website. Um, if it costs seven fifty and very few people buy it, and the internet howls about the pricing, that's fine because they get they accomplish what they. You know, frankly, most people should not buy the KS part. You're going to buy the yeah. K part or even a KF, right? It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. But to be able to notch the world's best gaming CPU mm-hmm. at a high price doesn't really matter. Same thing with AMD, though. I mean, but AMD's part will be more approachable, so it's probably going to be a couple hundred bucks less, you know, maybe. Yeah, that's the thing with the best, right? Even if they only make 10000 of each of these chips, if you can say, this is the best, it costs a bunch, there's going to be 10,000 people in the world who I will pay whatever it takes to get the best, so... Mm. Yeah, no, and it's real. It's very real. People, I mean, not everybody's watching the full nerd and going in and, and 
creating their, their chart comparisons from a, from a hub review to a gamer's nexus to this and that. And like, oh, uh, most people are like, oh, what are you selling from, you know, my big favorite PC maker, right? That's that's what mm-hmm. most people do. Uh, got a couple good questions from uh, Ner- Nerevar, Nerevar uh, over on the YouTube chat um, about 5800X3D. What do you think is the real reason for the low boost clock of the 5800X3D? Is it the 105 watt TDP limit, the heat transfer of the chiplet through the cache layer, or bill, or binning, or something else? I just want to say before Gordon answers, shout out to the Morrowind fan. Oh, Morrowind is good. Never ever read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, go back and look at that uh, interview we did with Robert Halleck. I wish we had him for like another hour. A lot of really yeah, good insights because a lot of people are like, well, this because a lot of the questions early on were like, well, the V cache is going to add an extra layer. How are you going to cool it off? And people assume that the two three hundred uh, megahertz clock nerf is due to that. And Robert's like, look, it's it's way more complicated, you know, because you don't. It, the world does not exist in 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 a in a perfect engineering vacuum. It's a business. You have to make these parts. You have to be able to get enough parts. You have to then look at the competition. You have to look at what's coming down the road. You got to look. At, there's just so many things that play into to how you make a CPU. I know everybody thinks. It's it, we exist in, in a perfect vacuum engineering, but ultimately Intel and AMD, they are companies that are here to sell you things. It is a business. So the the business people will, will have business will have a big part of this as well. So is it heat? Is it TDP? I or just simply maybe they don't, you know, maybe they need to be able to hit so many parts with we're gonna we need this so many parts and we need them all to hit this clock if we go for this then we're gonna get into the whole we're xt parts we're just gonna bin up stuff it's this this may be just simply the best place for the part yeah that's very true i will also say though that the way that all these chips cpus gpus work the power efficiency curve it makes a big difference like the higher you go up all of a sudden you'll start getting very small clock speed increases for a whole lot more power and heat uh, and when you are sticking a big thing of cash right on top of all those cores, trying to get that up any higher would probably be very difficult. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Basically, there's a lot of things that go into it. Okay. A uh, second question uh, from the same person. Uh, will the 5800X3D boost to f- uh, 4.5 gigahertz all core, maybe with unlocked TDP limits? Frank Azor always emphasized that the 5800X3D is unlocked. I don't know. That's going to be up for the lottery that you get when you get your CPU, the quality of the motherboard you have, your skills as an overclocker, and we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I maybe, and then there's always I the classic story of overclocking. I remember was I had gone to a LAN party and this guy's like, "Dude, I'm running this thing up at this clock." So, wow, that's awesome! And he's been playing games like you run anything else. It's like. Uh, no, why don't you run an all-core load on that? <sighs> Immediately, you know, blue screen, because it was. It depends on what you're doing. So maybe it works for you for your load, right? So, uh, Got a couple other question, Intel-related questions uh, from friend of the show, VC Jester. Uh, he gives $5 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Said, uh, so you're saying KS owners are also the same people who bought all the accessories from J.C. Whitney? Yeah. <laughs> I don't as know an extreme gamers. That. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Because KS owners, again, you're you're actually buying all your stuff at 
at a high end place. JC Whitney, for people who don't know, most people don't. They have no I idea what, what he's even talking about. It is a mail order place where you just get like, you know, you get it probably still comes on newsprint <laughs> and it is like in a three point type. And there will be like, I need the fender for a 72 VW bug and I need the carburetor flow bowl for this <laughs> Honda, you know, Civic from 1978. And they'll have it. Right. So that's, and they're not exactly, they're not OEM, let's just say. Not OEM quality, I think is, is the way to describe uh, it. Well, uh, an actual question. It's always good to have one from VC Jester. He said, uh, Do all the variants of CPUs in a series start with the same wafer, where the best functional chips end up as K and the lower models are just fused off variants? Didn't that pass, that didn't pass all testing? That's typically how, you know, the business model is for them. These are commodity CPUs commodity parts I mean, most silicon is done that way you, you start making them some things are oh these things don't work you turn off the cores you know you end up with a two core no th- no hyper threaded celeron and then the best things hit the best clock and yeah they it's all planned out and you know as time goes on sometimes the the yields get better that you know like there was a point i remember clearly where every cpu would like overclock like crazy and you know some of those overclocking locks early in the early days sort of came around because like you could overclock every cpu and there is there is a business market segmentation where like we can't have you buying a, a your 50 dollar cpu and being as fast as our 500 cpu mm-hmm. so that that is part of the business yeah that is definitely like people sometimes give intel a lot of flack for the sheer amount of SKUs that they launch how many different processors they launch but Doing so lets them salvage all those parts and use them in ways that otherwise it just would have been e-waste. So it's good. Yeah. AMD has a bit more flexibility because they have that chiplet design. So that's probably why they don't have quite as many as Intel. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right. A- any other uh, CPU news that's that's desktop related uh, that you, you want to cover? Qualcomm, Big Nothing Burger. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that was yeah, a Big Nothing yeah. Burger. I don't so, even wow, wow. All right. So, I think the other thing is, you know. GPUs. Well, uh, so, somebody asked, GPUs. no, no Threadripper. <laughs> No Threadripper, no other parts, um, and, you know, no Ryzen 3 5000 parts. Uh, I think the strategy there, um, again, as said uh, recently in an interview, was uh, we got, uh, what, that's like do, Ryzen, Ryzen 750 G. What do, you, what do you want? It gives you your AP that you've been whining about, and you get, you know, all these cores. You can't, mm-hmm. that's, like, you want us a Ryzen 3 too? No. Yeah, I forget if it was a public full nerd interview versus the question I asked in a private briefing, but someone from AMD definitely said that flat out to me. Like we consider these APUs to be our Ryzen three for this generation. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. Well, what about uh, GPUs then? <laughs> There's actually a surprising amount of GPU news, considering we're in the midst of a crippling GPU mm-hmm. shortage. Uh, CPUs are looking pretty good supply wise these days. Uh, graphics cards still not so much, uh, but there's actually some hope, some possible salvation this year. Uh, because we saw new budget entries from both AMD and NVIDIA this week. Uh, NVIDIA announced the RTX 3050 with 8 gigabytes of memory for $250. Uh, AMD also launched right before NVIDIA uh, the Radeon RX 6500 XT, which has 4 gigabytes of memory, which a lot of people gave a side eye at, which I totally understand as... Just a year or two ago, I reviewed the 5500 XT, the Radeon 5500 XT, and, you know, four gigabytes is not 
the ideal for 1080p gaming these days if you're going to ultra quality. But these two, even though they're priced at $200 and $250, these are definitely more modest graphics processors than we would have gotten for $200 to $250 in the past. Like in the past, these probably would have been $140 to $200 GPUs, but that's just the world we live in. <clears throat> so AMD deciding to put four gigabytes in the Radeon RX 6500 XT actually gives me a lot of hope because for the last year we've had to, you know, we're PC world, but we've been having to recommend people on a budget go stream GeForce now, go, you know, play Stadia, uh, buy a console if you can find one because there's just been nothing. Uh, a large part of that's due to cryptocurrency mining. Ethereum is a big driver behind that and you need more than four gigabytes in a graphics card to be able to use it to mine Ethereum. Uh, the Radeon 6500 XT, we won't know how it performs until we actually test it, but it looks to be a pretty modest GPU. Uh, that'll be able to do fine 1080p, medium to high settings, I would guess, depending on the game. So it shouldn't choke, like the four gigabytes should fit what the GPU is pretty well. And more importantly, it makes it so that it can't be used for Ethereum. So we won't be fighting all the miners for that. Although there are alternative coins that use less, uh, so I'm really excited. Perhaps we'll have to see how it shakes out, but I think there's a pretty decent shot that we will actually see these parts for somewhat close to $200, which is what the world needs right now. Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I've said last year, like over the, over the pandemic, I've fielded questions from probably a dozen kids. Hey, what kind of PC can I buy for X amount to play Fortnite? Because everyone's in their house playing Fortnite right now. There is no answer for him. This could be the answer for him uh, if it works out well. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple things that, you know, people are <clears throat> salty not only about the, the four gigabyte VRAM, uh, yeah. but also that the prices are, are higher <laughs> for, you know, yeah. kind of the same performance we got, uh, you know, uh, years ago. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do think it's interesting to think that, hey, the maybe this 5500 XT actually has a chance of hitting MSRP because no mi no miners are going to be interested in it, right? Do you, yeah. what, do you, yeah. what do you think the likelihood of that happening is? A MSRP think, on street. I think the first day we'll see some MSRP things. I think for the first little bit, uh, prices will drift a little higher because everyone who's been trying to buy a budget graphics card has been looking for one for two years now. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's going to be a lot of gamer demand. Uh, so it will be a little bit higher uh, I'll, off the bat, but I think over a course of a couple of months, if AMD is able to keep up with supply, and like Gordon said, him and I had a chance to talk to Lisa Sue, and she made a point of saying, we are planning this as much as possible. Like, we put four gigabytes on this on purpose. We're lining up a lot of product. We want to get this in gamers' hands. So if that all happens, you know, I think two or three months after it launches would be in a pretty good spot for budget gamers. Yeah. The 3050, I'm a little more leery about because it has eight gigabytes of gddr6 you think that's going to be a target of uh, miners yeah it wouldn't be super profitable but i'm sure with the way mining coin prices are these days it'll be profitable enough and if it's profitable enough people buy it these days hmm. and, uh, and i'm sorry i i said 5500 xt i meant 6500 xt yeah it's it's yeah. weird like that mental oh, i was thinking <laughs> that too but i find it interesting that they really are like those poison pills the four gig frame buffer you know, yeah. they confirm that's a poison pill. We don't want miners to buy these. We're trying to get these to gamers. And yep. people, of course, are complaining that, oh, my God, it needs 8 gigs. The other thing is uh, Gen 4. Did we talk about that? Apparently, so, I mean, it's not even, it's only uh, four lanes, right? Of 
Uh, that's what AS Rock's uh, listing for their 6500 XT says. Hmm. I don't think anyone else has confirmed it, but is it Gen probably. 4 or Gen 3 on that though? Gen 4. Gen yeah, 4. so that's eight lanes of Gen 3. I mean, that's hmm. well, on. it depends. Uh, I can see the worry because if you've been in the market for a budget card for this long, you probably have an older PC that might very yeah, likely only have PCI3. Yeah, I'm hoping, assuming I get a review sample, uh, that I have time to test both ways. <laughs> you know, well, that I, I do want to point this out too because I a lot of the other comments I've seen is like, oh my god, like this, because oh, rather than this is a purpose built card to try to address the budget gaming market from both companies. But people are like, this performance sucks. This is like, I, this is the same performance I got with the RX 580, what, mm-hmm. four years ago? Yeah, that's but, what people are saying. Yeah. But um, look, I was just looking on eBay. The price of a of a uh, gigabyte RX 570 gaming 4G, lightly used in the box, $275 plus $25 shipping. So it's $300 yep. to get an RX 570 from four years ago. Are you really gonna like get all huffy about this card? Then it just feels like, I mean, it's it a- is what it is. People need budget options, and they don't have them right now. This is this and the thirty fifty. If it winds up, you know, being in good supply and close to price, this, these address that. So I think that's great. The world isn't what it used to be. Uh, crypto miners are not the only thing driving up prices. Uh, like, yes, this would not have been a two hundred dollar card two years ago. But these days, the tariffs are still in place. You know, the shipping and logistics are still in place. There's still the chip shortage going on, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that all factors in. I'm, I'm just excited to see finally a budget card. This is actually, NVIDIA kicked off ray tracing in 2018, 2019? I think 2018. Uh, this is the first ray tracing capable card that we're seeing that's under 200 bucks, And I think that's great. You know, let's democratize that a little bit. Hmm. Uh, something that'll help with that. AMD also launched a new software or they're soon to launch a new software technology called Radeon Super Resolution, which is basically FSR, but rather than being implemented by game makers in the middle of the pipeline. So FSR and DLSS both have to be put into the game by game makers. Radeon Super Resolution is basically Fidelity FX Super Resolution, but at the end of the pipeline at a driver level. So it should work like FSR in all of your games. So, you know, that'll give this a little nudge too. That That is great. Mm-hmm. So, huh, the, that's pretty nice. The The one last thing that, that people, I've, I've seen people uh, comment on is that the 5600 XT, yes, I got that right, uh, has no video encoder. Any any thoughts on that? I haven't confirmed the, is there, there's no media, video encode unit? That's... AV in the AV one decode, I think it said. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gone deeply into that. Uh, I don't know. I think if you're in the budget for just a budget gaming card, it's probably not as big of a deal. Yeah, although I can see why it's a problem. I can see why people are upset about that. It, I the, the the drag there, I sort of see like because it's not like you're going to sit there and buy this to to do premier encodes, but I think yeah. the issue might be you want to stream. Sort of like the new yeah. style of gaming where yeah. you want to you want to play the game and stream it in live to your audience. I'm not sure this price range is the kind of people who would do that, but I mean, everybody's but trying. It sort of is because yeah, that's the thing is every, everybody does try to do that. And I think the the RTX 3050 actually has the encode engine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just another RTX GPU. Yeah, which is um. Which is pretty good because, you know, you NVIDIA also does this weird thing where the MX parts don't have any encode or decode engine as well. So kind of kind of stinks there. 
not not the advanced encode decode of a of a higher end GPU. But just to yeah. just to put a little more perspective on this, I went to eBay. I'm looking for a Radeon RX 580, Radeon yeah. RX 580 gaming eight gig in a box, four hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> and it says eBay says. It has the great price tag on there. And I don't think you can do that on your own. I think it's like, oh, actually, this is a pretty good price. It's like, what? You know what's crazy? Back when, right after the last crypto coin crash, uh, AMD got stuck holding the bag with all these parts because they made all these parts for crypto miners. Uh, you could get that those cards new for 120 bucks back then. Like, if only we had known then what we oh, knew now. Yeah, right. I could, like, have nothing but, but a store selling RX 580s. I could have bought, like, a million of them. But, the RX 580 went- store. Budget cards weren't the only thing announced. Uh, at the end of its kind of weird CES keynote, uh, NVIDIA also had a kind of a mic drop moment. They didn't give many details, but they Very also quick. showed off a 3090 Ti, or as they called it, Ti. Uh, I call it Ti for life. Uh, which is going to be a 3090, but better. Like, they didn't reveal too many details about it. Presumably, it's going to use the full-fat GPU. The 3090 GPU was slightly cut down. The rumors are saying this has full-fat. NVIDIA has not confirmed that yet. Uh, it has confirmed that it's going to have much faster GDDR6X memory, 21 gigabytes per second, uh, which you should only really buy the 3090 if you want the best, one, but two, really, uh, if you're going to use it for content creation work, like if you're going to use that, uh, use it for work, you're able to consider that an investment. And in that case, the faster memory could very well be worth the extra money. So this is just basically going to be a 3090 plus, as you would expect out of 3090 Ti. I actually really love the way you phrased it in today's best of CES uh, article, Gordon, uh, which we have that up on PC World. Everyone should go check it out to see what it. we actually all liked. Uh, Gordon said, uh, NVIDIA's mic drop review of the 3090 Ti felt like a slap to everyone's face. It's also, frankly, the most gangster move ever, akin to casually drinking from a diamond-encrusted Evian bottle while surrounded by masses of people dying of thirst. And I sat at my computer reading that while I was editing it and just did a chef's kiss. Just it's, it's true, though. It is totally true because this is like, I don't think, and I know I know the people in uh, Elena's uh Tribe would be at right now at the yard sale trying to buy a 3080 for three dollars instead of whatever the four hundred dollars you're trying to sell it for. That'd be a good deal. But 3090 has never been <laughs> for people who think about, oh, this is not practical. <laughs> it's just like no, there's there's like most things are not practical that you pay a lot of money for. This is this is yeah, you're you're like you want to take it to to eleven kind of folks with everything, and it's I I you know to, and. It's interesting to me because as the full die, I kind of like think like they're using it now. Intel's going to come out with Arc hopefully this year, you know, probably I guess. But well, no, they announced that they're already shipping Arc to system. Oh, vendors, you're right, desktop and laptop form. So. But don't you think this is like I think sort of see like Nvidia is like yeah, well we got these full dies, let's just use them now because whenever whatever AMD and Intel come out with, they may not be able to use those full dies later on, right? So it sort of makes you think, well, is there a GeForce 4000 coming out, you know, because you sort of like you've gone to the end of the line. You can't do no more. So mm-hmm. let's use them now. Yeah, makes sense. 
It's and you know right. I I would say if you could buy a thirty ninety for fifteen hundred dollars, you you should is my <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buy it and then immediately sell it for a thousand dollar profit. <laughs> that's you know. That's what I don't know. I that's why I don't like. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh my God, would you do this to us?" And this is like, this is not. I'm going to be real curious to see the price tag on this one, though. I'm very curious to see if they sample that uh, and if it'll be available in third party form. The 3090, they let you know EVGA and ASUS and everybody make custom versions of it. Mm-hmm. I'm real curious to see if they let that happen with the 3090 Ti. Uh, I, I'm I'm bummed that uh, you know when the 3090 got released, they called it the the world's first 8K gaming card. That they didn't go for like ah. this is the world's first 10K gaming card or something. You know, need <laughs> the round number, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> you just keep going I, up. It, my 3090 review took forever to do because yes, considering what it is, I tested a bunch of work for it, work applications, but I also am like 8K gaming. Let's see this. Uh, it does work in a handful of games that have DLSS, but. If it doesn't have DLSS, you ain't gave it AK. Yeah. But, you know, that whole AK gaming thing, that's that's just part of the whole... Yeah. It sounds the fantastic when you're talking about it. As a practical reality, most people are you know, like, I'm, I don't have an AK panel. so No. I don't want an AK panel. 3090 <laughs> can't even power an AK panel. <laughs> but, you know, to... I would want it if it were a big panel, like giant, like 45-inch AK panel. I think it would be nice for productivity because the pixel density is worth it. But for gaming, uh, you know, I'm, there's no real big thing. But, you know, you have to understand when they're they're talking to the entire market and the entire market will pay attention to the most important thing that's happening in the world, but only the headline they're going to see 8K 3090 gaming, and then it's like, oh, 8K 3090 gaming. That's awesome, right? They're, so I understand it. They, I understand why it's done. They were stretching for something for a headline because I still firmly believe the 3090 would have been an RTX any other generation, but they were just nervous about the 6900 XT. So You mean Titan? Titan. Yeah, what did I say? You said RTX. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you mean the Titan RTX? Titan. You were you think they were? No, oh. I think the thirty ninety would have been this generation's Titan. Oh, I see. If the sixty nine hundred XT did not look so good coming out of the gate, hmm. so. Uh, well, a lot of people were very interested in Arc. I know we we did cover that, but any more details? Uh, you know, why didn't Intel give us Arc? They people have been waiting. Hashtag uh, <laughs> Gordon has started the hashtag wait for Arc. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they did come out and say that they're shipping it to, they said customers. What they meant by customers were the HPs and Dells of the world in both laptop and desktop form. Uh, so that so means people can buy a pre-built desktop and then y- yank that out and have an Arc GPU. <laughs> they haven't firmed up any plans as far as DIY cards yet. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm not surprised that Arc didn't have its you know grand reveal at CES because this is Intel getting into GPUs for the first time. They're going to want the spotlight on that all their own. They're going to have an event just for that. They're going to have news embargoes tied just to that. More details will be coming at some point. Yeah, but I I will I will say I was disappointed too because I they did have Arc and laptops. There's a Precision laptop. Interestingly, there's an Arc and an Alienware laptop, which. Hmm. I didn't realize, uh, even though I was met with Alienware, but I uh, it'll be Easier. interesting to see where that arc actually falls in gaming capability. That that Alienware will probably be 
the laptop everybody wants to check out the cycle as far as where Intel's going to go. But I, the lack of a desktop part was, I know why they didn't do it. Why bother? Cause you're going to get lost in the, in the, in the scrum of, of CES. We've got all these other stuff to launch. I would have liked to see something to make people excited. And I think that, I think my issue is people get really, really nervous. You know, especially old timers that have seen Intel's discrete graphics, you know, fizzle before. You kind of like, you know, like, are they just sort of like keeping the cards as close to their vest as possible? Or is it like, is something wrong? And I, I, th- I think yeah. the problem is everybody immediately jumps to like, hey, something wrong, you know, because, and the, the clock is ticking. The clock is still yeah. ticking, you know, because NVIDIA and AMD, they ain't standing still. So, no. No, not at all. I think this would have been a good opportunity to do like uh, AMD back in, did back in the day with the first gen Ryzen, which didn't wind up being the best as far as gaming CPUs go. But in the lead up to Ryzen being launched, they were showing demos of Battlefield 4 being played at 4K resolution just fine, smooth as hell on the Ryzen chips. I think this could have been a good time for Intel to do something like that. Like here's Forza Horizon 5 running at 4K at 120 frames per second, which even if the cards do wind up topping out around 3070 level, which looking at the early specs, that's kind of what we speculated. That'll probably be the high-end version. That should be able to run Forza Horizon 5 at 4K, no problem. It would have been a good time to show off something like that, I think. I mean, kind of like Lisa Sue going on and, and showing AM5, you know, running Halo yeah. Infinite, right? You know, like, there was, it, it's yeah. really a nothing burger because there's no frame counter. Compression was crap, so you can't really tell. But it's it's a sign of good faith. Hey, it's running, right? Right. Yeah. So. And the lack, the lack of any, any demonstrations are, are not encouraging, especially because they got a lot to prove. You know, Intel, they got to show they can play where NVIDIA and AMD have been a long time. So people, people, I've seen waves on the internet tonight and this morning. Uh, people are getting concerned because one, there was no real showing at CES other than to say, hey, we're shipping to partners. Uh, and two, all the verbiage on Intel's site always said our quarter one, 2022, and it just got like ninja edited to just say 2022. Mm-hmm. So people are like, is it getting delayed? Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to Intel about it yet, but that's a concern people have on the internet right now. Yeah, and it's, it's valid. You know, if you change mm-hmm. it from Q1 to, because honestly, they have met goals because they have Q1 arc and, and discrete graphics and, and laptop designs. So mm-hmm. they have met that. I would be nervous too. Like, hmm, why'd you say 2022? I mean, because you really didn't need to change it, did you? So, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Well, I don't know. It makes me nervous. But, you know, I think everybody else, again, you know, this is the classic. The, <laughs> the PC crowd is always something to worry about. It's just like, you <laughs> oh, could like, wait, wait, wait. hand ringing. Right? You hand ringing, yeah. you could win the very best thing ever and it'd be like immediately, you're just like your parents, like, oh my God, something bad could happen now. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Right. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, like I said, I really think they're holding it for a big grand reveal of their own. They don't want to – we we published on PC World. We are much less prolific than a lot of sites because we tend to stick you know, squarely on PC stuff. Uh, and we had 40-ish articles right on Tuesday. Like it was AMD keynote, NVIDIA keynote, Intel keynote. Like if they did ARC stuff, it totally would have got lost that day. Yeah. It makes sense for them to, to hold off. It will. And what do you think um, they're – I think they said in their keynote, uh, their next event is May 14th, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. What do, you, yeah. do you think that might be it? That's sort of like, when is, that's right around Computex. I mean, you know, having a date sort of denoted there, that's like yeah, May maybe. 14th. I'm not, I'm not putting any wages on this one. All right. Yeah, well, let me ask you. Well, no, no, no I would paper. not be surprised if they just surprise, like, hey, 
at the very end of the first quarter. Here's all the details. Because May's pretty firmly into the second quarter. Well, if let me ask you this, Brad. If they don't, if they don't come out swinging hard on May 14th with parts, with some numbers, is that going to shake your confidence? Because I like for me, I got to see it because it has been the longest wait ever. So yeah. I, I yep. you know, I, I, I do wonder, you know, you do wonder and they're not going to because it would be crazy to 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 give NVIDIA or AMD any kind of signs of what's going on. So I understand yep. that, but it feels like it would be good to feel a little better. And, you know, the, what we're going to see, too, in this next quarter is somebody's going to get their hands on that Alienware laptop with an arc. And it's wherever I don't know where it's going to fall, but it is an Alienware. So, you know, that means gaming because it's Alienware. If that part does not match up to its equivalent AMD and NVIDIA part, people are going to yeah. freak out, right? And it's going to be yep. the full-on freak out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they're going to say, this is Arc's going to be a failure because of this one part thrown into one laptop, and which is incorrect because that's not the same what's going to happen on desktop. But nope. it feels like they got to have to sort of manage the story a little better there to, to telegraph those, like, this is going to yep. be awesome. So, right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm not too worried yet. Like if it does last until May before we see more details, like it'll that'll be a little bit worrying. But it'll depend on the details. So patience, patience. I know it's the internet, but patience. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other uh, desktop chip news we want to cover? Or should we go to the more PC rest uh, of the PC? What What else is there? There's so much. Yeah. There's like yeah. No the. The chipset, I mean, the boards, the H series uh, chipset for Intel, yeah. pretty good. People are asking about prices. We, we just don't know. We don't know, they, but they, yeah. it'll be well below what the Z series <laughs> the boards have been. It better be. So yeah, uh, yeah. The right. thing about CES, I've said this in the past. CES, we get all these announcements. Like CES, I chalk up to like the dreams of the industry. This is what we hope to do this year because CES is right at the beginning of the year. It's after the crucial holiday season. It's after back to school. CES is where they're like, these are our goals and visions for the year. Like Computex is where stuff gets real. Like the middle of the year is when you start to see prices, mm -hmm. when you start to see more announcements. So just be patient and keep in mind what CES is. Uh, well, yeah, the, the chat's saying patience. What, what is that? Uh, even before the Internet, they didn't have patience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, uh, let's switch over to the, the rest of the PC. The, this is we, we have an article that went up today. The, the best of CES kind of covers a lot of the, the, the PC centric stuff that, that we've seen uh, and, and some more. So, I mean, there, there was some cool stuff. Uh, Gordon, I, I kind of want to start with that. Uh, I, I know Brad has some monitors, but I kind of want to start with that 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 case, yeah, because uh, that was interesting. I, some people didn't like it, but I, I think I think it's cool. Elena, I, Elena thought it was cool too. I think it's awesome. It's this Brad. What is the name again? Because my brain is just gone. Kinetic CyberPower Kinetic. Kinetic. Go look it up. It's on on the on, just search for CyberPower Kinetic case. It's really pretty neat because um, it's essentially a box. Remember, all things PC are just square boxes. It is a square box, but the front of it has. 16, 16 different vents, and they are basically built out of triangles to short, shape up sort of like hexagons, each of them open and close independently. So if you go and look at the, the video or the, the GIF of it, it is GIF. Um, it is GIF. And you will see it opening and closing, and it's just amazing because it looks like the entire machine is, is literally breathing. Like it's just yeah. it's like it takes a breath. And then it doesn't take a breath in. You know, it's basically tied to the software that uh, 
I think they're saying right now we're looking at, you know, at, at about at 70 degrees, you know, the vents start to open up. Um, it's actually, it's not like, it's not binary either. It's not like fully open or fully closed. They can start opening up and then, you know, at, at 90, at 90 degrees, all the vents will be open up and then they'll close when, you know, it cools off basically. But it's just cool because it looks like the thing is alive almost, right? It's just kind of like, Things are closing, and uh, I—it's really neat. And immediately, the internet, of course, said, "Well, that's that's not practical. Why don't you just have why don't you just have big ass uh, vents in front with fans?" It's like, yeah, that's that's that yeah. you could do that. You you could just take a Place Dremel and that. cut out the front of your case and just leave the fans there too. <laughs> and then people would look at your system and was like, "Dude, what happened to your case?" <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... I think we were the first one to have that story, actually. And it wound up being pretty popular. Other sites picked it up. Uh, if you go to PCWorld.com, our lead story right now is the best of CES. And I made sure to put this right at the top. So if you go to that article and click on it, you'll see a GIF of that right very first thing after the intro. And it literally looks like it's breathing. It's ridiculous and over the top and sci-fi. And I love it. I love dumb stuff. That's Sorry, CyberPyro, but I consider that dumb stuff, and I love it. <laughs> well, it's good dumb stuff, right? Because yeah, good that's, dumb stuff. Let's be honest. RGB is pretty damn dumb. I love <laughs> RGB. I'm dumb. I love it, and it, and it is just we this this is not everything is about having practical lowest cost item. Uh, my God, the world would be ugly and gray. Like, what the hell do you need random blue and yellow and green for? It's just gray works for yeah. everything. Well, the, another. There, go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, uh, another annoying thing that you you just sparked in the chat, Gordon. Is now people are uh, you reignited that GIF versus GIF uh, debate? You know GIF what's is really is right. I you know what's really wrong about that whole GIF thing because I firmly believe the person who came up with GIF. That's what they say. Hey, I'm calling it GIF. I, that's how I want to pronounce it. They they made it up. I think it's right. My name is Gordon. Adam's name is Adam. I'm not going to call him a. Also, it's the 3090 tie. And so Brad, yes, Brad needs to change it. 3090 tie. That's what it I'm saying. I, I realize. I know. Nope. 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 I have to say tie. Nvidia now. made it. He said it said I, tie. That's exactly what I was going to say, Adam. I <laughs> I was saying like, yeah, I got to call it tie now because that's what they call it. I realized to be consistent, it's best to be consistent rather than be a hypocrite. And like, well, no, I'm not going to apply that. <laughs> Dang, it's he just called you a hypocrite, tie. Brad. They actually, I saw a really funny article on The Verge. Because some people in NVIDIA call it one way, some people in NVIDIA call it the other way. So The Verge actually asked NVIDIA, what oh. do you call this? And NVIDIA basically said, you can call it whatever you want. It just stands for best in class performance. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <That's>, uh... oh! <laughs> I will say, and oh, that's another. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going all the way back to the original tie. We were like in the office, we were like, what the hell is, when do you tie? How are you, that's ridiculous, you know? And it was the same kind of like, everybody was just laughing. This is dumb. But they clearly were, there was, I would say more people at NVIDIA said tie, but clearly there's a, a faction at NVIDIA that thinks TI yeah. too. I've, so. I've, heard, I've heard people over there say both ways. Uh, but speaking of sci-fi things, this thing's pretty cool in sci-fi. Please, please. Uh, another, you know what? Next uh, time we get a chance to talk to Jensen, that's going to be like the first question. Oh yeah, um, you yeah. know, boy, I, I will tell it. you that they will scowl at us. Like, which yeah. is like, he's like, wait, is, it, is that Gordon with PC World? Yeah, yeah they're, no. they're not coming. How do you get in here? Yeah, yeah, kick him out. <laughs> uh, so sci-fi stuff. This is really cool, really sci-fi looking. Uh, another one of the big trends at CES, as far as PC parts go, was we're starting to see a lot more Wi-Fi 6E routers. Uh, 
That is, we have an article why you should invest in a Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E router. It's basically the cutting edge of Wi-Fi. Yeah, uh, last year it. it came out. Uh, they were mostly constricted to high-end part, high-end routers that cost like $800 plus dollars uh, because it is the cutting edge. It wasn't super practical because a lot of laptops didn't support it yet. This year, with all the new processors coming out, they all support Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E, so it's a lot more practical now. We've seen a lot of Wi-Fi 6 routers get announced at CES. Even Comcast put out an X-Fi gateway that's Wi-Fi 6E, which tells you, like, this is coming. Uh, but my favorite one, let me scroll down here. Speaking of sci-fi, there's one coming out called the T... This is a terrible name. Uh, terrible name, TP-Link. It's called the TP-Link Axe 11,000 Tri-Band Archer Axe 200 Omni. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but it looks like a little, like, if you were playing, like, Watch Dogs video game, like a little drone where the antennas fold out and stuff like that. And the actual antennas adjust and move by themselves mechanically to basically, like, beamforming is what they do in routers. So they use software to try to direct things the best way. This will automatically do that with its antennas to try to you know focus really the throughput where it's most needed which is a really cool idea but just the idea of seeing your router just sitting there whirling and moving around and extending arms and stuff like that like that's beautiful sci-fi 80s jetson gadgetry at its finest so that was my pick for the best wi-fi 6 router of the show i could see that with the cyber power case yeah right that was just like, sitting next to each other you're, the mm. the machine the, the the cyber power panel the front of it would be breathing and then your router would start moving people would be like mm. damn what is what are you <laughs> running there it would be cool if it kind of had a biomechanical look too yeah hr uh, geiger kind of bio, biomechanical look on the router if it looked kind of alien mm. alien like it does it looks like a drone out of the watchdog but series, does it but it's still cool it doesn't i guess so like i mean clearly for what the the uh cyber power case does is just on it's just for cool factor that yep. let's be honest it's for cool factor does this does it really work i mean do they they're saying it actually does something but it might just be yeah. for cool factor right because I, yeah, I will say probably a little bit of both that is one of the weirdest things about um the whole high-end performance router market is there's no indication of like how to set up the antennas. You know, everybody does. It's like your, it's like your TV antenna from the seventies where with the foils on it, you just kind of like, you move it in any direction. You have no idea what's going on. Like my router, I just like, I, I'm going to move the antennas in this direction because it, it looks pleasant to me, but you would think it would <laughs> yes. tell you like there'd be some kind of signal indicator well, somewhere. Actually, but, I, I did see one router that the, the antennas actually follow the signal around. They're motorized. So there you go. The TP link one. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about that. Oh, sorry. You're, you were gone. Yeah, I ran to the restroom. Oh yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I would argue like, uh, Adam is, I'm, I really want a, a Wi-Fi 6C router. Yeah. And Adam does too. And the main argument, if you miss our spectacular six hour stream on Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> is, uh, for people who don't know, you're getting newer laptops with Wi-Fi 6E. You're only one if you have a 6E laptop or a device. Uh, the routers are that are 60 are on the six gigahertz band. Uh, Wi-Fi six is still on the you know classic five gigahertz band. It has other advanced features to it, but I think the big draw for me is to be up on six gigahertz band because mo my neighbors are not going to have a brand new router with the Wi-Fi six C. They're not going to have a laptop with six C or you know USB. 
Now I can, if I'm using Wi-Fi, yeah, you should definitely be using wired instead. But if I'm using Wi-Fi, it's, it's, I won't see interference as I, as I would from my neighbors continually stomping on my signals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in a, uh, in a, a apartment environment. Yeah, definitely for an apartment. Uh, it ran in November, but a guy who works with us named Matt Smith did a really good primer called Why You Should Upgrade to Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E. That really breaks it all down in, like, layman's terms. Like, you can understand it. Uh, if you aren't up to speed on Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 6E, go Google that. Go check that out. It's actually a really good explainer. So, no, I'll, I'll put I'm, a link in the I'm uh, totally into right it. And, you know, what, only if you have ahead. really high-speed internet, though, of course. Yeah. yeah. Fiber, baby. <laughs> yeah. uh so another really cool thing we were talking about it before the show actually started uh someone covered it for us today thermal take basically made what's essentially a tiny monitor that you put on top of your ram and you can program it to put whatever you want cat gifs uh yes, the thank frequency you. of your ram stuff like that uh anything like that it's basically it doesn't actually connect to your ram in any way you just put it on your ram you plug it into a USB slot for power or a USB header for power, and then you have yet another monitor in your PC itself, which is well, are, ridiculous wait, are, and over the top. Are, but yeah, I mean, it can display, so it doesn't connect to the RAM. But at least in their in their promo image, it says frequency, like like yeah, you you can kind of show statistical stuff. So yeah, you can you can yeah. connect it to some sort of software that displays all that stuff, yeah. or you can do whatever you want. So. I like it. I, I yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, please. It's mega dumb again. It's mega dumb, and I it looks it, it looks I, real tall too. Kind kind of like when you see a, a water cooled or liquid cooled uh, Ram. Uh, I, I've seen that before at like CES when they got like the the pump running over uh, Ram sticks. Uh, I, I yeah. assume it'd be kind of tall like that, but yeah, it's called the it. Thermal Take Pacific R2 Ultra. It's a three point nine inch screen, so you know that's pretty sizable to have sitting on top of your Ram. Yeah. Uh, Wow, and that's... again, I love it. <laughs> yep. Is this? I want it. I mean, it, well, I guess it would work with anything. I guess, right? Yeah, it should. Uh, there are actually some specs. Like, it depends on the height of your RAM and stuff like that. Like, it won't work with everything. If you have a weird heat spreader on your RAM, it might not work. Seventy-one but... millimeter total height for the yeah. case coverage. And it says it works with DDR three, DDR four, or DDR five. Uh, you'd want to be careful if you have a big honking air cooler. I would think. Uh, but if you're running, you know, an all-in-one or something, like, and you like stupid stuff like I like stupid stuff, this might be right up your alley. Yeah, no, it looks, and you can imagine the, I mean, besides the cat picture, which sadly is what everybody would want it for, but you can see <laughs> other kind of cool effects. Uh, the Z690 Hero board, the Asus board for the Alder Lake mm-hmm. Mart, that actually had an entire, all the VRMs were covered in LEDs and it would do a crazy pattern on it, so. It's it is it is amazing to look into cases these days, and I guess you combine that with your cooler that has an that has a, a screen on it too, and pretty damn cool. Yep, yep. Do they say how much is it going to cost? Yeah, one thirty. Oh, that's that's roughly one thirty. That's not bad. It's a lu- it's a luxury purchase. That's reasonable for a luxury purchase, I think. But it's not practical, Brad. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it, well, well, I mean, speaking of practicality, like, it's not going to choke off RAM, right? Even if you have DDR5 that's a hotter, like, I mean, you would think they would test that, right? That it's not going to. I I wouldn't cause be performance about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's a little overstated what what people are worried yeah. about with that. So okay, and it, you know, clearly has a technology to do it. So 
to work with. That's amazing. DDR3 to DDR5. <laughs> oh, that is one thing I, uh, one thing I didn't get to check out. Did they, Asus showed off a DDR4 to DDR5 converter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw that earlier in, in the, but it was just kind of like, I was already kind of, being carried away by the wave of news by then so is that like something yeah. you put in the ram slot and then you put the ram into it so like it's just doubled the height is that yeah. literally i mean it looked ugly but it would it would the, I, I think the concept was you would be able to buy ddr5 board for alder lake and then because it's just converting it converting the pin layout is that what it's doing or what is that i didn't get a chance to ask her huh. i mean yeah this ces was it's- truly nuts if you go over to a Nantech, uh, Ian Cutris, who's often joins us here in the chat, has joined us on the show. He actually has an article. Oh. He was the one who, I believe, broke the news about that. So I'd recommend going and checking that out. Huh. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he hasn't popped up in the chat yet, so I'm curious. It's, it's Friday on CES yeah, week. I am right. not surprised. <laughs> He's in England, so yeah. it's very much in the future over there. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, though, because the card is like it's like yeah. six inches tall it's it's tall taller than the uh the the screen probably putting the screen over your ram sticks <laughs> i bet the performance hit is tremendous i don't know if he's oh, like latency or yeah this this is if not going to be like you're running it at low screen low low latency yeah. high clocks no i don't think this is gonna work but if you really wanted to get a nice motherboard now when there's no ddr5 available I could see that being, even if you do take a performance hit, like a reasonable sacrifice to wait six months or a year so you can pick up DDR5 kits. It does so. also make you wonder, too, because um, it's clear that the motherboard vendors are a little concerned about DDR5, especially the impact on DIY. It's certainly not hurting the the OEMs that are that are moving it, but uh, I, w- I would think that they're like, we got to be able to sell these high-end boards, but the memory is the limiting factor, so... Let's buy your yep. $600, you know, Z-Series motherboard and use our adapter. So, Yep, yep. For what's worth, I have heard that the DDR5 supply constraints aren't as bad as in the pre-built markets and laptop markets. I believe Lisa Sue actually told us that, like, demands for LPP DR5 are very different than what they are for desktop stuff. So I think it's it's still a problem everywhere for desktops, but I think it's most significant in DIY because we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, definitely. Actually, ah. that's a good good segue for. Do we have more cool ass PC stuff, or is that? Well, yeah, we I, do uh, actually. Yeah, monitors. Really? Monitors. Oh, People, monitors. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a pretty great show for monitors. Uh, not so much for budget monitors, <laughs> but really, high- which is great because again, stuff has to start at the top and then trickle its way down. It's how it works. But we actually on PC World. It's our NVIDIA. It's a 300. All that. Uh, this year, they're upping that to 1440p 27-inch panels. So I actually have one of those first G-Sync eSports, one Asus ROG one. And it's freaking wonderful. But I don't use it as a daily driver because I can't handle 1080p in my life when I'm working. Uh, this, you know, is really 1440p is the sweet spot. 1440p, 27-inch monitors. That's, like, the best of all worlds. Like, that'll run anything. Uh, esports people, as Matt points out in his article today, tend to be really picky about the size of their monitors. So... We'll have to see if esports folks pick it up, but hey, 
360 hertz, 1440p G-Sync monitor. It's awesome. And OLED <laughs> too, right? The thing is OLED? The Alienware? Uh, oh, that's different. Oh, you're that's talking about the different, different one. You're talking about the... <laughs> yeah. I'm just talking about the general... NVIDIA has general g which is super cool. Uh, yeah, this year there's a bunch of really cool OLED stuff. We actually did an article a few months back about, like, hey, where's all the OLED? Apparently they were waiting for CES. Uh, Alienware put out a really, really awesome uh, 175 hertz widescreen ultra, ultra widescreen display. Uh, in them that fast in OLED before. Uh, 34 inches quantum dot as well. Yeah. Uh, so that thing just looks absolutely ridiculous. That was uh, one of Michael Kreider's pick. He only put one pick in for best of CES, and he's like, it is this monitor. This monitor is PCXS at its finest. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, we also saw something that I was really encouraged by. We saw more mini LED monitors. Uh, Acer put out a couple Predator monitors of that. Mini LED is... They have little lights all over the back of the panels. It's basically an oled competitor but has a lot of benefits of its own it's kind of higher end than oled uh and we're starting to see it pick up traction which is great is to put a couple of those out uh they're not cheap uh two thousand bucks so (laughs) definitely like i said high end but it's good to see it happening on the pc uh samsung also put out a odyssey do g8 a 32 inch mini led uh and that's 4k at 200 and 40 hertz uh this is kind of like a smaller version of their big odyssey neo g9 the big huge widescreen one that has had some software issues unfortunately but is really impressive uh spec wise uh that big one costs 2500 bucks uh so presumably this smaller version costs a lot less hopefully we'll see wow uh but more exciting for me personally i would love to get an oled panel but I just I don't really feel the state of where they've been as far as monitors go are great. Uh, but we saw two different 42-inch OLED displays uh, announced at CES that were really cool. Asus ROG Swift OLED, OLED PG42UQ. I hate Asus's monitor names. Uh, <laughs> that's a standard 42-inch OLED monitor. Not standard. It's never been seen before. Uh, so that's a 42-inch OLED PC monitor. That's great. Uh, something that PC gamers who wanted to get into OLED but, like me, don't like uh, the state of the OLED market as far as monitors go have been, over the past year, leaned really heavily on LG's C1 TVs, which are really, really awesome uh, OLED displays. They support G-Sync. There's you know HDR, all the stuff you'd want in there. The problem with those were the smallest one was 48 inches. And 48 inches, like no matter what size your desk is, 48 inches, it's just a little bit too big. Uh, At CES, LG announced a 42-inch version called the C2, which is basically the same thing, a little bit smaller. You might be actually use it as a desktop monitor at this point. So exciting stuff there, too. I don't know. I I could use a pretty big panel, as long as it's, it's... Enough pixel density. I could see forty-eight. Is it a what's the res on that? Four K. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. And so that Alienware had Quantum Dot OLED, which is OLED with Quantum Dot technology behind it. So that just again 
PC access to its finest, all this, all that. That Alienware monitor looks super cool. Uh, we also saw some really cool weird monitors. Like Samsung had one called the Odyssey Arc, which is like a big, long, curved monitor, where the whole concept is you can use it this way if you're gaming, but if you're working, you flip it vertically, and you have a ton of vertical real estate. Oh, uh, so it's basically it, has a TikTok mode. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, those TikTok videos will look terrible on this because it is a 55-inch 4K monitor. So it is massive. Uh, if you, it sounds like something you're into, uh, they're going to probably release it sometime this year. They don't have any prices or release date information, but they – Samsung did that. Remember that real weird rotating Cero television they announced in 2020? So it was basically the same thing. It was a TV where you could rotate it to watch TikTok videos basically. <laughs> And they actually released that, so I wouldn't be surprised if they released this monitor. <laughs> uh, and LG actually did one that's a little bit more practical. Uh, LG did one called the Dual Up, followed by a bunch of, you know, alphabet soup crap. Uh, it's a 28-inch monitor with a 16-18 aspect ratio. So it's basically a square, a little more rectangular vertically. Uh they say it's basically the same as stacking two 21-inch monitors on top of each other. So hmm. could be really good for, you know, production, for, for actually getting work done. Yeah. Kind of, although you kind of like, uh-huh. you think about your neck movements. It might, it might hurt your neck a little bit, but. Yeah, it's only 28 inches, though, so it's not that bad. So we'll Let's, have to see how it goes. Yeah, I wonder if it's res higher, because, you know, you ever see the, the stock traders, you know, they'll have like a billion monitors. I kind of wonder if we're getting to the point where they just have like one big ass monitor at super high res. So see, I, yeah. I, I personally, I, I have, I always run two 4K setups, uh, but I typically have to do them side by side. I, I would like it if it was stacked, but usually, I, you know, I, I got to have the room above the monitor for for a camera. Uh, it's just the placement I like personally. But yeah, if I could, man, I would totally go, you know, like top bottom. Hmm. Speaking of that, uh, another cool thing with monitors. Monitors was probably one of the most innovative things at CES. Again, unfortunately, all higher-end ones. Uh, Dell and Lenovo started building it, building in webcams and planning accessories around monitors, like you know, leaning into the remote work stuff. Uh, the Dell one, the Dell Ultra Sharp 32 4K or something like that is called, is really cool because it basically has a Thunderbolt dock built into it. So you don't have to go get all these different docks and stuff like that. You can set it up, connect two different systems to it, and it basically acts like a KVM switch built right into the monitor, which is, I think, really cool and practical. And it's not anything like that that we've seen before. So it's really cool to see monitor makers thinking differently this year. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, the high end is where all the, that's where all the development is. It's they don't, yeah. they don't I've never gone on Elena Airlines where the coach passengers get on before the first class passengers go on so <laughs> typically it's the people with all the money get get all the service so yep but that's it that's it for uh cool pc monitor roundups those are the coolest products we could sit here and talk all day about like razor's radical concept desk that's never mm-hmm. actually going yeah. to you know, see the light of day and a bunch of other cool things. But I think those are the major things that people need to know about of razors concepts. That one did not rank high for me personally, you know, excitement wise, but I always like that they do that. Uh, so yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Sorry. I, we were having a, a little bit of technical difficulty on the, on the audio side. So I was troubleshooting a little bit, but it sounds like it's fine now. Thank oh. you everybody for, uh, 
for being patient. Um, all right, cool. Then laptops, because I know this was definitely, I would say, if there was one thing about CES this year, laptops was a huge thing, and 2022 is going to be very exciting for laptops. So, Gordon, why, why don't you... Uh, Walk us through the the laptop news. Yeah, so there was a ton. You know, first one was AMD again chrono- chronologically. AMD showed off Ryzen six thousand uh, up to a cores based on uh, Zen three plus. Uh, it is uh, previous AMD CPU was seven nanometer. This is a six nanometer TSMC part. So there have been some optimizations. They're saying they've done like fifty different power optimizations to this CPU. So much so, again, watch Robert uh, Halleck and Frank Azor in our video from yesterday. A lot of really good insight because I, for me, it was a little hard to like what exactly was done here. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the optimizations around power aren't always just to improve battery life, although I, I think that's where they're going to have a big, big advantage, possibly over Intel. But it also lets them push the CPU harder than they ever have before. So they're, uh, so previous uh, 5800U, eight core spectacular cpu especially when it came out it just simply just wasted lay wastes the, the the landscape right still awesome today uh, the ryzen uh 7 6800u version of that will actually run at 28 watts whereas the older one really didn't run at above 15 watts so they're basically saying a lot of the optimizations we're getting out of uh, zen 3 plus and also of all the power uh, tweaks let us push the cpu harder than we ever could before because a lot of people are like oh this is you're 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 cheating us because you're comparing a 28 watt Ryzen 7 6800U versus a a 15 watt Ryzen 7 5800U, and uh, basically they didn't have a 28 watt version uh, really uh, of the older version. So it is they're saying it's basically going to give them 28 to 30 percent improvement on on multi core performance over the previous uh, version, and not quite as spectacular on single threaded, maybe 10 percent. So and then also they're bringing in RDNA two into the, yeah. the chip. That's going to be super exciting because they're saying this thing just this thing basically is two x performance of Intel's Iris uh, XE. Their claims, uh, their G seven, the very and best. the MX four fifty. Yeah, and an MX four fifty. So they're saying this is like this is uh, <laughs> twice. And Iris XE was a very very good graphics mm-hmm. part. So was Radeon uh, in the fifty seven hundred U. Very good. This is going to be basically almost double that performance in an ultra portable thin and light laptop. Uh, a lot of that is from RDNA two. You get a newer uh, decode engine. There's AV one decode for the future of decoding as we go forward. Um, more importantly, there's also uh, DDR five and LPDDR five. So with this generation of uh, uh, Ryzen Mobile 6000, they're, they're going to go all in on, on DDR5 and LPDDR5. And clearly, the main benefit is of that is they've got this really hot graphics core, and you got to feed a memory bandwidth. You don't want to feed this thing DDR4. You need as much memory bandwidth as possible, so go with DDR5 only. And that's just on the parts. They had, we actually had a chance to talk to AMD before they made the announcements. They had asked the announcements to talk about why they made some of these changes, and they actually flat out said, like, Part of the reason we've seen Vega so long in the older uh, versions of Mobile Horizon uh, is, one, because it actually does really, really well at the lower power envelope. But two, uh, RDNA 2 is so much faster than Vega that it needs DDR5 
to be able to feed it without choking it. So they couldn't do RDNA 2 in mobile parts before this because they had to wait for DDR5 to fit these in. So that's really exciting news for integrated graphics users in the future, I think. Definitely. Uh, and that's just that's just at the low end. They also have, of course, you know, higher in HX parts, A-core still, and, you know, 45-watt chips. Um, but, you know, the big deal, I think, for them is, uh, again, they're based on the Zen 3 uh, core, 6 nanometer. They get their advantages in power there. They have in, increased the PCIe lanes, which I thought we were sort of at that limit with the older parts. Now, instead of eight lanes, that's all you got with the older one. There was no PCIe Gen 4. You're getting PC, it was, so it was PCIe Gen 3, eight lanes. Now you're getting eight lanes of PCIe 4, which is effectively 16 lanes of Gen 3. So concerns over uh, connectivity bandwidth to your discrete GPU are gone. Also, USB 4, which uh, honestly, I'm going to say, I know uh, Intel and Apple would not agree with this, but I think these are the first true USB 4 laptops. And then you're getting other PCIe 4 for the NVMe and other storage plumbing that goes into a laptop. So, and, you know, it's going to be, you know, last last cycle, really awesome for AMD in its entire history. And now this one, they're saying they're going to be coming out with 200 designs and 20 of those will actually be uh, Radeon. Or there'll be AMD Advantage laptops too. So you're going to get AMD CPU, AMD GPU in those laptops. And that's that's exciting because AMD also announced as part of all this, it kind of ties in, so I'm going to talk about it here, uh, new versions of SmartShift memory. Uh, we did talk about it a bit with Frank Azor yesterday on that podcast, that show yesterday, that interview. So again, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It was actually a really awesome hour. I'm biased, but if I didn't work here, I would have loved watching that. Uh, but they have a new SmartShift Max technology that basically is a more intelligent version of SmartShift. So SmartShift balances power between the CPU and GPU as needed. Uh, the first generation, Frank Azor said, yeah, it definitely works. Uh, it wasn't as smart as it could have been. It was a dumb kind of smart, which, as we established, <laughs> that's right up my alley. Uh, this one, it'll more intelligently, you know, if the CPU needs a little bit more in this game that you're running, this application that you're running, it'll make sure to leave the CPU more horsepower rather than shifting everything to the GPU. And they also have something called SmartShift Eco, which optimizes battery life when you're unplugged basically yeah uh, it, we'll see how it how it goes in practice but it sounds cool if it works that's a discrete to um igp right so you're running on ac you run on your uh, gpu and then you unplug the game runs obviously at a lower resolution or le- lower game settings but on that awesome rda rdna2 core so that's it, it's a it's a way to get you actually more reasonable gaming performance while on battery and it looked like there was some sort of like controller that was deciding which which to go to that's for there i mean we can only speak in the in the manners people understand it's basically g-sync um, advanced um it uses a mux and when you're on ac uh, it will run all of your gaming it, basically everything will be running on your discrete gpu because there's no power constraints mm-hmm. uh and when you are running on dc it would it would then let you run um, do your sort of classic hybrid graphics mode where the information is copied from the discrete part into the IGP's uh, frame buffer. It, it, you know, obviously you're adding latency, a little bit of performance hit by by doing that. It will do all this automatically and without uh, rebooting. So some laptops that uh, with, you know, that 
that allowed you to do this with other discrete parts. You had to go into a setting. If you even got it, a lot of vendors didn't give it to you. You'd change the setting, reboot, then you could run everything through your, your IGP mm-hmm. to save battery life. Because when you're on battery, if the GPUs, if you're just browsing the internet and your panel is powered off of that discrete GPU, you're going to get two hours of runtime because that GPU just sucks down power no matter what. So that's a cool feature. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, the other thing I think uh, is should be interesting because this is something, you know, we picked up in that conversation with uh, Frank and Robert yesterday. You know, last year, a lot of those Ryzen laptops, they weren't they weren't available with the very, very best things. They they were they were great laptops. You could get Ryzen nine and, you know, with, you know, GeForce 3080s, but they weren't the highest wattage 3080s. Um, I always kind of wondered why that was design problems because I always felt like they had, you know, sort of like a, a cooling thermal advantage too over Tiger Lake H, but you just never saw it. I mean, yeah, maybe one or two vendors did a 155 watt, 150, 165 watt part, but most of them didn't. Uh, Frank said basically, yeah, you know, a lot of that is like vendors. They had limited, they had limited resources, and they also, you know, coming into it, they didn't really know whether AMD would sell well in in gaming. They've seen the success they had last year. So this year, we should see a way more Ryzen-based laptops running the highest-end, you know, discrete graphics, either AMD or uh, GeForce. So that that's, a, I think, a big change for 2022 over 21 for, for AMD laptops. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have tripled the amount of AMD Advantage laptops, I think, planned for this year, which is a good sign for them. Uh, a really cool thing, again... If you haven't seen that video, that interview, go check it out because Frank is now the chief gaming architect or something like that at AMD. But before that, he spent like 20 years or something like that at Dell and Alienware. So he has really interesting, insightful things. Like he spent 15 minutes explaining what Gordon just synopsized in five. And it's a really interesting thing to hear how the whole thing works. So check that out if you haven't. Yeah, things are not simply created overnight. And mm-hmm. and sold by the you know hundreds of thousands. It it takes a, a tremendous amount of planning. So, well, uh, then my uh, I have a question to piggyback off this. I know we're we're not necessarily there yet, but what what does that mean for the life cycle of of Arc then? Because Alienware has an you know an Arc GPU option, uh, and it seems pretty early compared to Alienware having a RDNA option. Or, you know a a uh, amd option so well they actually have a they did announce a amd advantage alienware yeah but but i mean like this is you know oh, you t- talking about like trusting right it, it takes a while yeah. you got to plan oh, it, yeah, you got to yeah. spin it up you know like like this seems pretty early for an alienware to have an arc gpu you know right it is and it's true i mean and it's one of those things where i i think you know you gotta trust you Alien, Dell, HP, Lenovo, Acer, all these folks, Asus, they sell hardware. They don't work for these companies. Ultimately, if they don't sell the damn laptops, it's on them. They don't get like, oh, we'll give you money for the ones you didn't sell. <laughs> they got to make these bets. I kind of think they're like, well, let's let's try it. Let's see how ARC is going to go in this Alienware laptop, right? So see how the market embraces it, you know? And Intel is like like Frank was saying. Intel is established. Like you think about Intel when you think about laptops, so it makes more sense for them to get in on the ground floor of Intel's graphics push. They're 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 more willing to take the risk with an Intel Arc than a AMD system. Maybe, but it's not a lot though. This is not they the Frank. You know, when I went to New York, it was like 
check out these. These they have a X14. It's incredibly thin GeForce Intel. They had the you know AMD um, Advantage. You know AMD plus AMD. I swear to God, nobody said like, "Hey, this one's got Arc," <laughs> because they were gonna like, "Cause you know what?" I will say, everybody was gonna like, "Well, how fast is it?" Yeah, well, you're gonna be getting the M17 with the uh, highest end GeForce and uh, also with the highest end, you know, Radeon. I I don't mm-hmm. think they're there yet, so <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. I'm 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 a little worried that the the pushback will be kind of when people see those, there might be some pushback. But the you know, I'm sure that'll be. You know, the, the cool features, you know, Intel the, during their keynote there. And again, we haven't even gotten to the Intel news. You know, they showed off their cool, you know, hey, you can do uh, you can do encodes on multiple encode engines, very much like what Apple's been showing off on the on the M1 Max. Yep. It's spectacular for applications that use it. And, you know, Intel, they, they got they got good relations with Adobe. They got good relations with everybody. They got a lot of developers going out and helping people add these features. So. If you're into video encoding and all those kind of things, it might be pretty awesome. I'm, you know, where it is in mm-hmm. gaming, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I don't. Again, I don't think they will compete with the 3080 Ti's of the world. But I think <sighs> if you go back to last year, Intel actually launched based off DG1. They launched the Z Max discrete GPU, which was not intended as a gaming part it was very entry-level gaming part but it did unlock some of those benefits where you could be using the intel integrated gpu in this in the cpu alongside the z max one at the same time to speed up different encoding and stuff like that and it made a massive difference when you could do that mm-hmm. and it's it's just gonna be even faster i would expect with dg2 or arc so yeah but the fact that there's not really like a big Gaming push, and but you know, actually, I forgot we still got to talk about the Intel news and GeForce news. So I'm, I'm, gonna, yeah. we're, I'm going to move on because we just have to. The other big news, of course, is uh, Nvidia dropped because they were next after AMD's keynote. They dropped a GeForce 3080 Ti laptop Ty. GPU. You're right, <laughs> GeForce 3080 Ti oh, no. laptop GPU, and they dropped the 37. The Thai uh, <laughs> GPU as well for laptops. Um, the big claim to fame for the 3080 uh, Thai. Oh my god! No, See, it's Ti. Just, just no. I have to. I can't. I no, can't. No, because I. It's it's GIF. It's Thai. I can't. I'm I'm trapped. I can't. I can't. No, they would be wrong. That's you know the English language is inconsistent. Until Jensen so. tells us, people of the internet call it Thai or Ti. Then I I can't say. But I I think. The, but you know, 3080 Ti is. Uh, they're saying faster than a Titan RTX. Yeah, the like, desktop I, Titan RTX. Again, I faster than a Titan. I don't pay attention to desktop graphics as much. Brad, mm-hmm. how fast is a Titan RTX in gaming? Uh, is it like pretty? It was. It was a roughly 2080 Ti. It, that was the Titan version of the 2080 Ti, basically a little bit better. Like, that was the full full fat version, I believe. But we're talking desktop, though. So like, yeah. if you're talking desktop. 2080 Ti performance out of a 3080 yeah. uh, Ti, then it's that's pretty impressive. And then for the 3070 Ti, it is uh, they're saying 70 percent, 70 percent faster than a, than a 2080 Super Max Q. Yep. So they're uh, saying the 3080 Ti can get you 120 plus FPS at ultra 1440p, uh, starting at 24.99, which 
that will be the low end. I would expect most 3080 Ti laptops to be much more than 2499. Uh, in the 3070 Ti laptops, they say it'll get you 100 frames per second at ultra 1440p, starting at 1499, both on February 1st. So soon. Uh, take this with a grain of salt, but I looked up uh, user bench uh, RTX. Uh, Titan RTX versus RTX 2080 Ti. Uh, the Titan RTX is 7% faster. Wow. According but to still, I mean, the, the 2080 Ti was, was nothing to be sneezed at. That was a, that is a major uh, GPU in its day still. Yeah. If you yeah. Track, frankly, if you could buy one for $1,200 right now. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Although, you know, the other thing that they talked about in the keynote, but they didn't get the details on, is the whole sharing thing. Because there's, there's like a fourth-gen Max-Q, right? And they also yeah. talked about like, oh, we're going to be they're they're able to share, um, they're they're able to more intelligently boost power. Like maybe some things yeah. will run on the efficiency cores of a CPU uh, rather than running on the performance cores. That's giving them more power, I guess. Right? Are you talking about Intel or Nvidia? Nvidia. So during their keynote, Nvidia, what, yeah, what they said is, uh, so basically, these graphics chips have thousands of graphics cores in them. Uh, the new Mexico technology will basically be able to tell what's needed and what's assigned those graphics cores to whatever you're running and only be firing up those graphics cores. So if whatever you're running doesn't need the full 3080 Ti power, it won't use it and hopefully you'll last a little bit longer on battery. I just that, that's it's uh it's very interesting because you know clearly uh, to me the thing about their keynote is they're saying we're working with our vendor that the only one that has efficiency cores today is Intel. So mm-hmm which we're going to get to next, but clearly Intel and NVIDIA are working closely on, on how to boost power between them. I, I always kind of wonder what those meetings are like, but... Kind of have to, because AMD is really starting to push that now that they have strong Ryzen and Radeon offerings. They're really, really doing, I think, cool work, both in the desktop and laptop, with software that plays around that. So Intel and NVIDIA are kind of in the, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of situation these days. Right. But with Intel doing its own arc part, eventually, you kind of wonder where it all goes. But uh, And actually, too, do you want to switch over to Intel stuff? Yep, sure. And the other big news, of course, Intel, uh, besides dropping all those desktop parts in the world, they dropped all of the laptop parts. So they have 14-core uh, CPUs, up to 14-core CPUs. 12th-gen Alder Lake. 12th-gen Alder Lake H, which is, of course, the classic you know higher watt, 45-watt-plus uh, parts. And then they have this sort of new P series, Alder Lake P, which is uh, up to, you know, 28 watt TDP parts and up to 14 cores. And then they have a U Alder Lake, which is just, you know, I think uh, 10 cores because you're getting uh, eight efficiency cores and you're getting two performance cores out of it. But they really looks really good from them from a performance aspect because you're again you know you don't doubt alder lake performance any of the haters go look at all the coverage of it this these are real the real deal i um i kind of think you know you're looking at 14 core h part or 14 core p part in a dell xps size laptop versus you know a ryzen 7 6800u it's i i gotta it's the advantage will go to Intel, I think. We'll see. We don't know, because. But I, I think the advantage is is in Intel's field because they just got more cores, yep. right? They're they get it's crazy. They get to they get to play the Cinebench, you know, wars, right? Mm-hmm. So they get to like look at hey, here's this. If they don't like Cinebench, they won't push it. But 
they're gonna there's gonna be people like and say, look at the Cinebench score. I run Cinebench all day. That's all I do in my computer. It's <laughs> it's better, better, bigger, bit. I kind of I don't. I mean, I know sixty eight hundred and the six thousands will get um, a boost from the power efficiency, but I don't know if it's going to overcome fourteen cores of, of all the like. I, I kind of think there's a big advantage for Intel for for raw performance. Yep. Plus, the single third performance is also nothing to sneeze at. And um, if AMD is saying maybe ten percent over what we previously had, Tiger Lake was was right there. Sometimes better, sometimes you know it's a little bit for AMD, but it was right there. Alder Lake should offer quite a bit improvement on on single third performance. But you know, yeah. I, so the only I think issue is uh, power, right? So you got you got AMD with power. If their power efficiency is there, they can really. They can really harp on. They can do the Apple, Apple fanboy thing, which is like M1 Max. Yeah. Like, oh, we're so much mm. faster. Now it's like, yeah, we're not faster, but we are so much more efficiently <laughs> faster, right? Because we went yeah. from we're the best thing faster than everything ever seen on PC to we are actually more efficiently faster, which is like that's not the same thing. I kind of feel yeah. like Intel, and they've already said they've sort of optimized the part for power. They're mm-hmm. going to go swinging for we got to be fastest, but AMD feels like they really have like we're going to be way more efficient and give you performance yeah. on battery, which is super important. Yeah, they both are performance and battery are both very important. Uh, we actually yesterday ran a roundup of five laptop trends worth paying attention to, and we got pretty deeply into how all these CPUs and GPUs are a lot faster than they were last year, but that could have power concerns going forward. So if you missed that, check that out too. Yeah, but it's looking like a fantastic year for uh, laptop users. Although we forgot something. What's that? We talked about the AMD CPUs, but not the AMD GPUs. Oh, we did. So AMD also uh, announced its own GPUs. This is probably why the 3080 Ti was actually announced, because AMD announced its own 3850M, it's called, a new high-end part, faster. XT, isn't it? Isn't there an XT on that one or no? Yeah, there's an XT at the end. 3850M XT (laughs) uh, with... It has 7% higher clocks than the uh, original 6800M, which was a really good part. Gordon did a review. It's a really excellent part, the original 6800. It has 14% faster memory and 7% higher you know, GPU clocks, so it'll be a little bit faster. It's also made with the new 6 nanometer technology, so you know, there's an advantage there. Uh, there are also new 6650M and 6650M XT GPUs. Uh, which are up to 20% faster than the existing 6600M. And they also announced new uh, base-level, like entry-level graphics, uh, a 6500 and a 6300M, which they say is 200% faster than uh, GeForce MX450. But perhaps more interesting, uh, considering AMD's sudden laptop ambitions and how laptops are shaping up to be a big war ground in 2022, is they also announced... uh, I forget they called it Slim, an S series uh, of graphics cards that are made. They basically have better power targeting, power gating kind of stuff. They're made for efficiency, so they'll have lower clocks. Uh, but there are 6800S, 6700S, and 6600S laptops. Uh, these are made to fit into tiny gaming laptops. So they said they're going into laptops that are 20% thinner than the previous 
radio and laptops uh, under 20 millimeters thick and under four and a half pounds. So AMD is making a push for, you know, the thin and light laptops that has largely been an Intel and GeForce bastion up until now. It's sort of like their Mac Q, it almost sounds like. Yeah, that's – I was talking to somebody on the staff trying to wrap their heads around it, and that's why I said this is basically Radeon Max-Q. That makes sense. I mean, because it's thin, – thin, thin gaming laptops are what all the interest is in. I know everybody thinks everybody likes 10-pound 10 10 pound laptops with 17-inch panels, but that's not – that's not yeah. apparently the reality, so – People want to carry their, be actually be able to carry their laptops around without throwing out their back. So yeah, yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's I always kind of wonder, but it makes sense, you know. So that's it. That was it. I felt like we couldn't ignore that. So <laughs> no, it's it's good. You, it's crazy though. You've got, I mean, it's just like what else is there to talk about? I mean, yeah. So you, we get. Could you imagine throwing Arc in there it's too? It's just like you would you would even gonna be busy this year, Gordon. Uh, so yeah, we probably shouldn't get it too much into individual laptops just cause we have already been talking about this stuff forever, yeah. but we have tons of coverage on PC world. We have that laptop trends piece that went up yesterday that appointed stuff. Uh, and if you go check out that best of CES piece that's up today, uh, on pcworld.com, uh, some of the stuff actually has specific picks for some of the specific laptops that caught their eyes the hardest. So you can go get some individual recommendations and Ooh, we're excited about that there. I think that foldable. I, I do want to call it that Asus foldable, though. 70, 17 yeah. inch foldable seems like. Mm, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the Lenovo foldable. So foldable is not going away, but the idea of getting all fold- that into it is amazing. Just for people who don't know what you're talking about, foldable as in like it's one big screen that folds. Like, like a laptop a screen that folds screen. down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Rather than like it's a phone cool that folds actually. open. Yeah. 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 Nice. Sweet. All right. Uh, anything else to cover CES related, uh, or should we get to a couple quick questions? I I I I I know we've been going long, but I, I got a couple quick questions to get to. Yeah. We're good. Let's right. do it. Uh, yeah. So uh, we got a couple super chats lined up here uh, that was earlier in the show, and I'm holding them till now. Uh, the first one is from Kadorius Technology. Uh, Five dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Said uh, uh, I'm I'm frustrated. Uh, it was so hard to get a GPU, but they won the Newegg Shuffle. They got an Asus Tough 3080 Ti for $1,900, and they're thinking about returning it. What What are your thoughts? Uh, if you wanted it badly enough to spend that money to begin with, I mean, keep it. I don't know if you're going to do a better deal than that in the short term. Like, if you really don't want it and you already bought it, like, it sucks, but I would be part of the problem. I would try to resell it. Like, you might be able to actually make a couple bucks on it, like, sell it new. Uh, that's a really kick-ass part, though. So if if you need a graphics card that's that fast to power 4K, high refresh rate panel or whatever, I mean, you might just want to sit on it if you already spent the money. And if not, either return it or sell it. That is, it's a totally personal value proposition. I'm, yeah, it's interesting. Just looking at them on eBay, of course, like the buy it now kind of gives you a, a good feel for what they go for. It's about twenty four hundred, twenty five hundred dollars. Mm. But are you part of the problem then, or just like, well, everybody else is doing it? Yes. I mean, if you got it, I wouldn't go into that situation trying to win the new egg shuffle to flip it. But if you know, I'm trying to win a uh, get a graphics card. You have no idea what the price is actually going to be when you enter the new egg shuffle. You get it, you're like, oh, I spent 1900 bucks. Oh, I spent 1900 bucks. That's a lot of bucks. Uh, 
you might as well sell it, I would say. Like, you're not actively trying to be part of the problem, so. That's a really good graphics card, though. Those Asus Tough models are, are really good. Uh, all right, we got a uh, a ten dollars super chat from friend of the show VC Jester said um, uh, the original TI was announced on Twitter and they were one letter over, so they cut off the E, uh, <laughs> and that person was later fired. So it's it, that's why it was supposed to be TIE. Well, it was originally titanium, so that was the, yeah. But they all pronounce it TIE. Every single person. They don't. They don't. A lot of the higher level ones do, but not universally, and not across. Well, all of the video. Like I mean, it's, like it's, eighteen years ago, you know. So oh, I'm yeah. sure it's. Yeah. it's <laughs> I I just because it it sticks in your brain. You're like, what the hell? You know, like why are you saying titanium is tie? But that was that was your thing. Uh, we got a two dollar, uh, two Canadian dollar super chat from uh, FX. Says, uh, who are the people that can't get GPUs? Uh, are, are we talking about people of third world countries? For example, for them, they can pre-order a 3080 at a local computer store, uh, and and get in the queue to get one. They they live in uh, Ontario, Canada, so they were a little confused about uh, why people are saying it's hard to get GPUs because sounds like they can, uh, you know, they have a system at, at their local place. That's awesome. Uh. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so people... like an anecdote. One person anecdote is not a trend. Like you can there, you can sometimes, especially depending on your country. Did you say this person was in Canada? Canada. Is that what you said? Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on your country, there's some countries have more in retail stock than other ones, but they tend to have very significantly inflated prices still. So a lot of the stuff that you see in stores are things that people are going in and going, "Hey, that's a lot of bucks. I'm not buying that. I'm waiting." So. Yeah, and I would say definitely that's I think the problem is people you just want you want to buy it, you want it now. Um I don't yeah. think people want to pay basically get in line to get something and then to basically pay a premium price for it. They just get frustrated and get out of line because it just it just sucks. So I, I think there's a lot of it cuz I mean I certainly know people who have purchased cards by just simply getting in the queue, they get that you know two months later their time comes up they get their card but i think the thing that kind of galls everybody is like you know a 3080 tie should have been what which should it have gone what was the original msrp for those uh 1200 1200 yeah. so 1200 but now you're getting the you know blinged out asus version and you're paying 1900 for it i think that's part of the whole like oh my god this that's a huge that's just a huge hit for a lot of people. I, I think yeah. I, it's not necessarily I can get one. I just can't get one without like feeling horrible about it for months <laughs> yeah. too. That's you got to factor that in because yeah, if you're buying a twelve hundred dollar product and you're now paying nineteen hundred dollars for it, it's gonna it's gonna suck. Hmm. And I, I'll tell you, I I'm waiting for a car. We, we ordered it, but like I don't know. I haven't heard from anybody whether we're gonna get it or not. And hmm. It's just like you've never. It's just every, but everything's like that right now. And believe me, it's not going to be like, oh, let's I, I walk off a lot, give me le less money, kind of thing. So it's going to be like yeah. you just. I, I had to buy a car this summer, and I got a real piece of crap car. Like it's not terrible, but it's not what I was wanting because it's like, hey, here's the one car that we have that's not fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, well, I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah, but, no terrible right so here's this verge article nvidia still has no idea how to pronounce the name of its best gaming gpu uh 
They point out that people are going back and forth without it. They have a supercut of Jeff Fisher, the dude who introduced the 3090 Ti yesterday, pronouncing it Ti over and over again. Uh, that messes with my brain the way that you guys say Juan messes with my brain, so I hate it. <laughs> hey, not, not, uh, why did you, not me. <laughs> will you want something? Not but, me. But as The Verge points out, whenever founder and CEO Jensen Wang cooks up a new graphics card in his kitchen, he tends to say Ti instead. Hmm. So Okay. Well, but we need to ask, because that might be the rendered Jensen, though. We don't know what the real Jensen would say. I want to know. We have to have a press conference at Computex, and someone's got to ask him, how do you pronounce it? And then he will just set everybody straight. And the thing about that is be like, okay, he, he's blowing it for everybody. There will be a memo sent to everybody in company. You need to say T.I., but... That's why nobody should ask, because if it gets switched to tie, I'm just going to bang my head on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, uh, Kadorius uh, Technologies chimed in again, said uh, you, you summed up the, the way they felt best. You know, they, they, they wanted to get one. They were, they were able to get this Asus Tough one, but they were hoping to get a Founders Edition, which is 1200 So, yeah, the, yeah. You know, they don't know if they should stick with it or they're not looking to flip it. But, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's just it's just terrible, right? Because ideally you would just kind of wait. Till you till things are normal again, but I don't think anybody has any idea of when things will get normal. Although everybody thinks it's going to get better next year, yeah. And to the end of this, we'll start, see. We'll start to get better at the end of this year, or so hopefully. I am through making predictions at this point. We'll I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. You can't stay like this forever. I think uh, it's just yeah, right. Uh, okay, uh, we got uh, another question from Z530. Uh, should we wait for DDR5 and PCIe5 laptops or go for what's available? Do you think it's worth depends it? Depends if you need a laptop right now. Yeah, I think it also depends on what you do with your laptop. I mean, clearly the fact that there is a new Ryzen 6000 and 12th gen laptops coming really, really soon does not make every single previous laptop suddenly not work. They, if you got basically, they're still great. Yeah, they're still great. If you got a, you know, a real GPU and a real CPU and a laptop, they're going to be awesome uh, laptops. I guess the question is, <laughs> are these next gen laptops going to make you kind of feel regret it? But I guess you're saying PCIe five. I need to verify that Intel did say there would be PCIe five storage on on uh, on Alder Lake, but I it might be, yeah. I, I think it just, like all things PC, it comes down to what you do. If well, you are like, you, yeah. you push and how it, fast you need it, right? Right. If you're uh, like me and you're just a loser and you use Chrome and YouTube on your laptop, <laughs> then no, who, who cares? Get the best, best screen, best keyboard, best trackpad, best logo that you like on your laptop. <laughs> if you're going to like, oh, I run Cinebench all day or I'm an extreme Excel esports person, then yeah, you best, you best wait for what's coming out. So Alder Lake H supports PCIe 4 technically. Yeah. Uh the executive said that they're actually PCIe Express 5 compliant, but there's no PCIe 5 hardware to test it with, so they're saying officially it's PCIe 4. Oh, for laptops too, so okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the laptop thing. So, yeah, boy, that's that's always like <laughs> again the power It would of, work. They're like it would work, but there's nothing we can test it with. So. Well, but the thing is it's again the true power in this universe. It's not Thanos it's not the Infinity Stones. It's it's lawyers. And lawyers, you know what I'm talking about? Because someone in Intel, like it could be the most, it could be like Pat Gelsinger himself could say, we're going to call these PCIe Gen 5. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? This PCIe 5, we know it works. Have you tested that with PCIe 5 drives yet? 
more GPUs up. No, there aren't any yet, but well then, no, because you want to get sued. Okay, okay, it's PCIe 4, right? That's exactly what happened. So I, 100%. I, yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to make a difference on the GPU, but you're looking, again, 13 gig second transfer speeds on these drives in Gen 5. If you really need that kind of performance out of a mobile storage drive, then, then it if might be worth it. If there's SSDs available that are PCIe 5 and going into laptops when this person's looking to buy anyway. Like, I wouldn't expect to see PCIe 5 SSDs and laptops regularly anytime soon. Yeah, it'll be very high-end. And then also, I, I'm interested to see the thermals on the Gen 5 drives, because, you know, Gen 4 drives, those first ones are, you know, kind of cookers. And, you know, there are issues with laptops. But, you know, now we're firmly at the point where you have to have a laptop with the Gen 4 drive. So it might it might well be worth it. I would, but again, if you're just a general person, use just you know who cares, you know. But if you really care about performance, then yeah, I'd want to wait. Okay, uh, very last question. Uh, sorry, so many good questions, can't get to all of them. Uh, if you want to get your your question in the queue, there's a link to our Full Nerd Discord. Uh, go in there. We have a channel for Full Nerd questions. Put it in there, and I'll. Uh, I'll read it later. Sorry, we can't get to all of them. There's always a limited amount of time. But the I, the last one I want to end on is from uh, a super friend of the show, Ziv. Uh, always always great over on our Discord. Said, uh, "What's your favorite pointless but still interesting product from CES week? Is there is there anything else not not even just PC related that that you saw?" Hmm. I re- I, I really liked. Uh, Mark actually picked it as his pick and best of CES. Nothing I would ever buy because i don't buy bmws but bmw showed off uh Mm. a bmw Mm -hmm. that had an e like instead of normal paint it had a giant e-ink display across the entire thing so you could change the colors or put all different kinds of weird grayscale features on it like on the fly with the push of a button and it like makes your brain freak out when you see it it's like seeing like a chameleon like shape you know shift it's like colors in real time it was very very interesting hmm I uh I'm trying to think. I mean clearly I really like the concept of the cyber power case because it's just, it is yeah. crazy. I mean I I mean maybe you know sort of like the wackiest thing I I think I saw was a a data's I think I saw the verge cover at first but a data's uh mouse that has an M.2 drive in it. <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> I, it was, you know, and again, I saw the Verge headline and I was like, I, I guess, but it, you know, at that point, you're just trying to swim upstream of the, of the news cycle. And like, I can't get to it. I just can't, I just can't get to it because you are, you are being washed away at a 20 mile an hour current. And you, I couldn't get to it. But yeah, it was, so the ADATA blog is like, uh, XPG and ADATA are gearing up for next generation, uh, gamers, um, at the booth, visitors will get a look at the XPG Lancer RGB DDR5. Uh, oh, and Caster. Wait, wait. Where is it? Where the hell is it? Oh, wait. Where's the mouse? Where's the mouse here? But there's apparent. Well, there's a mouse. Ma- oh, here it goes. <laughs> uh, the XPG Vault, a wired USB-C mouse that wants to be, quote, your gaming library in the palm of your hand, unquote. <laughs> Current prototype can integrate up to one terabyte of, of solid state memory running at uh, USB speeds. We're talking about um, a gig a second, 985 megs a second, and, and a gaming launcher software that promises to make your gaming 
Library is conveniently portable and a higher level of game integration with XPG Prime software ecosystem. I, Concept it, only. It would, it would kind of be a pain in the butt because you would have to set up Steam to recognize that as a folder, like the drive in your library. So you'd have to. It, would, it wouldn't be seamless setup, but I think that's a really cool idea, actually. You know, and the, I <laughs> know people go like, "Well, that's stupid." I mean, I I, I need Gen Five. SSD for my gaming library. I, I've actually done a bunch of testing with USB and uh, for games, you know, using the new 3D Mark thing, and it is mostly latency. And honestly, uh, you know, basically USB uh, one gig a second is actually fine. Mm-hmm. You know, frankly, even SATA, it's really the it. Most of the games, it's really the 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 uh, the random read. So, like, if you're running on a hard drive, it's really that that latency that kind of kills you. But you know, clearly, running PCIe is the best. But it is kind of and it's an interesting idea because, like, I guess you would like you would just you would never be anywhere without you. So, if you go somewhere with your gaming mouse, you would have your Steam library on there. You plug it in, you go in and enable it. But I, Love I think the idea. It's a crazy idea. In fact, we're talking about it is accomplish exactly what a data wanted to do. But I just, I, the way my kids play games, now, cause the way they play games <laughs> is different than how I play games. I just <laughs> scream at the screen what they do. And I will be downstairs in the garage and I will be testing laptops and I will hear my daughter just take that mouse and like, <laughs> <laughs> like I would break, I would demonstrate it with this cup, but this cup would shatter into a thousand pieces because she will just like, I'm like, I can hear you downstairs slamming that mouse into the table. I'm not sure I would want her doing that with the, uh, she's like, Hey dad, uh, I, I broke my mouse. Also all my games were on this. Drive. Yeah. Sorry. Can yeah, I get a no. new one? <laughs> when you have kids that play games, it was like, she's just stole a mouse. I have so I like this mouse. Well, luckily, luckily, if you get if you get fiber, man, downloading all those games again ain't no thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it is nice. Uh, all right, uh, well, actually, my my last random weird thing it wasn't my favorite thing of CES, but it it was very interesting. Was to see people tweet out uh, photos of the show floor. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I love trade shows. I I definitely am excited to you know go back to to doing them again. But you know, I, the PC world did, did not. Uh, feel like we needed to to be there in person but it was very interesting to see what was there in person uh so uh, that was kind of a, a <laughs> one of one of my favorite things empty. to watch yeah how how was it how I it mean, was pretty empty yeah it was do they i mean but was, or were they just because you know at ces vegas is so big there's always just empty spots well there? no 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 because i so yeah i i thought that too because i was like of course you know if somebody wants a, a snarky tweet they're gonna find them the most you know uh, saddest part, you know, and I, I, I saw plenty of that, but it, it wasn't until I saw, uh, companies that were tweeting out their own booths, like, Hey, come visit us, you know, at our booth. And, you know, you, as a company, you, you want to try to get the most, you know, jam packed people at your, your booth for a, a tweet like that. And it was still pretty thin. Uh, oh. so yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, hey, Computex. Computex. I'm I'm banking on Computex. Computex. I'll, I'll, we got to make it happen. Gotta also, May 14th. Hashtag wait for or, wait for Ark. Supposedly, somebody said it was May 10th and May 11th. Is it? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Yeah, who knows? It was. But, so we'll see. Yeah. Hashtag wait for Ark. Uh, hashtag Gordon's wait for Ark. That you know, you have to you have to give it to the community there. You know, hashtag wait for Nav- Big Navi. That that stuck yeah. they, amd oh, yeah. is like they call the big navi like yeah. we heard you we like you know so yeah all right uh cool 
That was it. That was a, a long show. Lots to go over, but CES is a, is a big show. So thanks, everybody. We didn't for even come close to covering a fraction of it either. Right. This Jeez. was this was the condensed version. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Although I always, <laughs> this always reminds me of the, the one um, expert analyst who said that there are no PCs on the show floor. There are obviously PCs. Yeah. Yeah. Lots yeah. of PCs. Yeah, you just weren't in the right place. PCs is fun. Cool. Uh, take us out of here. So check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And please do leave a review if you are there. Every time you do, Elena Airlines, let's coach on first before first class. <laughs> Send questions and comments to the full nerd at the PC world at PCworld.com. Uh, thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkis. CES is done, and I'm going to go shovel a bunch of snow. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Thanks, everybody. Uh, 2022 is starting off with a, a bang. we got more coming, so keep uh, keep it locked here. We'll see you later. Bye.